Hello, and welcome to the 13th episode of Kissed by Fire, the podcast making its way to you here with a couple of Gendel's children as we hang out in Gorn's way for some festive feasting. But we are safe, we are good. Gendel's descendants are old friends, they'd never eat us, not after we brought this delicious fatted goose. We did bring a lovely fatted goose for them. And yes, it's right, it's that nearly that time of year. Uh, we hope all you Southerners are, or Southerners, I never know how to say that, are enjoying eggnog or mulled wine or hippocrass and are not totally stressed out by the things society seems to think you kneelers have to do. A free folk, Christmas is a simple affair. Yep. Roast what you, roast what you catch, drink mead, exchange some gifts. But if the gifts aren't up to scratch... Think another pair of gifted socks or re-gifted bath salts. Yeah. Mm. Uh, then, of course, you have to be sacrificed at the heart tree. So be careful. <laughs> it can be dangerous. But it's all good fun. <laughs> Just, you know, a little bit of sacri- Christmas, Christmas sacrifice. sacrifice. Who doesn't do? Who doesn't love good old Christmas sacrifice yet? Yeah. Who doesn't love some entrails dragged exactly. around a tree? Yes, yeah. <laughs> There's something just lovely and lit up about that, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, that's how we decorate our trees. Yeah, that is how we north, decorate isn't it? We too. cut out people's entrails and then we put we put their intestines and stuff all over the yeah. uh, weirwood, so... Yep. Yeah, Yeah, lovely. It's beautiful. Very festive. Hmm. Uh, If you want to tell us how you're getting on or let us know about your Christmas or plans or anything, um, feel free to reach out. We love to chat. You can find us uh, at Twitter at Kiss Podcast and somewhere on Blue Sky, (laughs) somewhere like that. Yeah. I know I haven't haven't sorted out Blue Sky properly yet. It exists, but I haven't done anything because because life. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're injured and life and... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have a I have a broken arm right now, so yeah. it's fun. <laughs> and you can also uh, send us an email at kissbyfirethepodcast at gmail dot com. Mm. And you can also support us on Patreon. We have loads of lovely people on there. Um, and for as little as five pounds a month, five dollars a month, you get perks. Oh fuck a stick! Yeah, five dollars, <laughs> which is like about four quid, about four, four, four large ones. It does ones. convert though. Oh uh, like no, that'd be four thousand. So it's set for five dollars, so it would be yeah. whatever it is in pounds, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's like four pounds thirteen or go. something. Um, you get perks though for as little as that. Like you can ask us exclusive questions that we answer on the podcast yeah and and just a shout out to our patreons because we don't we haven't gotten a question for this episode so send us something it doesn't really matter what it is like we'll answer a lot of stuff if you are just curious about it doesn't even have to be be related to yeah it doesn't even have to be content content. it can be something you're curious about us i mean i'm not going to tell you my bra size but i'll tell you a few things on the podcast (laughs) i was going to say i'm not going to talk about the color of my underpants yeah but uh but yeah we will talk you know ask us about our favorite books you can ask us all kinds of interesting things we're not Mm -hmm. i don't find i'm super interesting Mm -hmm. of a person Mm -hmm. but i'm happy to talk about it anyway Um, and we do also, of course, have Hangouts and uh, yeah, bonus episodes. We just talked about um, our reaction to the Hot D trailer. That was yep. a fun, fun one. We certainly yeah. did. That was really fun. Some tiers get merch. Uh, so that is uh, has been and is being sent out as well. Uh, if you want merch for yourself, you can also buy T-shirts, tote bags, mugs, sweaters, or hoodies uh, with our awesome logo designed by the incredibly talented Sanrixian. Uh, so for now, let's thank our Patreon at the Queen's Guard tier, Crispy, the Song of Ice. Happy holidays and a festive thanks from both of us. Yeah, thank you mm-hmm. so much. Um, so to the episode. Um, this 
Yeah, this episode is actually it's I actually I don't know why I said it Australian then, <laughs> but it came out actually like that. Um don't know what happened there. Um yeah, so this is actually a first for us. We have divided chapters into two before, but this chapter is beefy. Not only is it beefy, it is also swole. All kind insert all kinds of girthy, dirty words here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Full of girth. It's drinking its protein powder, it's working on it uh hard. Um, so Beth and I have taken the decision not to just divide it into a vaguely halfway spot, which is usually what we do. Uh, we have decided to go by the very scientific method of looking at the, what I call, amount of stuff that happens. And we think we can probably do it in about three. Yeah. Yep. Three parts. Uh, the name of this chapter is mm-hmm. Birth, Death and Betrayal under King Jaehaerys the First, which tells you a lot of what is coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, birth, death, and betrayal. And it's juicy, and it's wild. Um, This opening section, you could argue, isn't the most juicy of the lot, but it is exciting, and it's full of shit going down in King's Landing, Dragonstone, and Mm -hmm. beyond. There's plots and tragedies and resentments, and we even get quite a lot of dragon info and lore in in this one as well. And we'll get even more as it goes on this chapter. It's not. It's this is what I'd call the not quite calm before the big ass storm, <laughs> and it's only the first ten pages of a thirty three page chapter. Yeah, it's a big one, um, and ten pages, and we're going to talk about these ten pages. So uh, buckle. Yeah, for like the yeah, next for three like three, yeah, exactly. Like these are they're they're beefy. There's a lot that happens. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot that happens. So buckle up. Buckle yourselves in, people. This is where shit goes down in Westeros, and we are going to be dissecting it in depth over the next few episodes just for you. Yeah, we are. So what are we covering today? Um, We learn, uh, here's a boring bit, but it's kind of interesting, more about Jaehaerys as a king and how he is different from the Targs that came before him. And, you know, how he wants to rule and distinguish himself from what they would do. There is also an assassination attempt in the nude. Nude assassinations. Does it get more riveting than that? No, I know. Exactly. You can't ask for more than naked uh, murder. Uh, We learn about some of the amazing women whom Alisan has surrounded herself with and how she conducts herself as a queen, what she wants to do. There's news that comes from the Stormlands. There's also quite a weird-ass atmosphere on Dragonstone. It's awkward as fuck there. I... I've got things to say about the atmosphere (laughs) on Dragonstone. And there are money issues, again. There is a cost of living crisis in King's Landing, and people aren't happy. And there's a few births as as well. And that's not even half of it. That's literally literally the third of it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's not even half of this third. So it's it's like so much more to go into. So much. All right. So let's Mm. begin, shall we? Yay. With birth, death, and betrayal under King Jaehaerys I. If anyone wants to know where we're stopping today, in case you're reading along with us, um, there's the we're going to be ending where it talks about uh, the year of the stranger. I just thought it'd be good yeah, to say that. Yeah, you said on yours it was page 207. Yes, yeah, page 207 in um, my book. Let me see if I can... Do you know where it is in yours? Find it online. I'm going to put it out on the socials as well before we put this podcast yes. out actually just so people know just in case they are actually reading along or want to know how what how much we're actually doing and where we're stopping and if you don't want to know it can be a lovely surprise for you oh there it is so it's it's page 216 for the um 
I'll, I'll call it the Western um, book. Western. Western. We're the Western Westerners. I suppose you yeah. are West That's of me. So in um, when I, in all West. my history classes, we talk about a lot about Europe, and then we say in the West when we talk about the Americas. That's so strange because I th- we think of us as the West. Interesting. And then and we just think of you guys as um, North America. Any old any old shit. Yeah. So North yeah. America. So in the North American version, it's page two sixteen. That's where we stop. But we begin at the beginning of this chapter. Should I put my maesterly voice on? Don't even ask. Do it again. Just do it. Okay. <clears throat> think, old man. I need to think. Pervy old man. Gross. You know. Okay. So, right. Jaehaerys the first Targaryen would prove to be as restless a king as ever sat the Iron Throne. Aegon the Conqueror had famously said that the small folk needed to see their kings and queens from time to time so they may lay their griefs and grievances before them. I mean to, for them to see me, Jaehaerys declared, when announcing his first royal progress in late 51 AC. The royal progress. Yeah, he wants people to see him, he does. doesn't he? And they do loads. It's like a big feature. Kind of spoiler alert, but not really. Like, this is what he's declaring. He wants to go out into Westeros and be seen by the people... I have a very quick okay. question for you. I love it. Already. I'm already going, what? So, Jaehaerys Targaryen would prove to be as restless as a, as, as restless a king as ever sat the Iron Throne. <laughs> I counted the number of kings who had sat the Iron Throne really? up to this point, and he is number yeah, four. The so, there are three. So, I just feel like this is, is this like bullshit? <laughs> yeah, is this, it's just... Is this just maesterly fluffle yeah. fluffle yes. jargon? Uh, it, it's I find it really because obviously George Groom writes in a very specific mm-hmm. way, and he is. I feel like he's trying to show just how lickspittly to the point of almost silliness that the maesters can be. That they will write something that somebody will read. And go, oh yes, absolutely, as there ever was. And you think of this big past dynasty and you're like, it's been 50 years and there have been three other well, kings. to be fair, it says, you know, Jaehaerys the first Targaryen would prove to be as restless as a, a restless... Well, I'll, I'll start that again. Jaehaerys the first Targaryen say, would prove it? to be as restless a king as ever sat the Iron Throne. It doesn't say to this point. It says as ever did. No, I know, but it's. I feel like it's implied. I, and I, maybe he's thinking about... The That's what I kings. think. I get the impression that as you're, but, this is supposed to be read by somebody, okay, you know, in the age of like, you know, I know um, it's so, in the future, yeah, um, yeah. So I think that that's what it means. Is he's just one of the mm. more restless that has ever done at that point, not at the point it is now. But I don't disagree yeah. with you. I think it's just sometimes, mm. sometimes the entrance to the introduction to anything is. I just wrote a whole bunch of them for school, mm. and the intros can be the hardest things to write because <laughs> you don't know how to how to like get yeah, into it. You know, you're a writer. So, no. you know, you're sort of blowing some yeah. fluff in there just to soften it and then actually, you know, get your footing. And but also writing. the worst thing you can do is blow fluff in there yeah. because it's just like, oh, just stop blowing. Point. Just yeah. enough. Just get to the fucking point, Maester Gildane. And yes, I'm going to get the Maester right this time. I've called him Yandel many, many a time. <laughs> and it's not, it's That's bloody Gildane. So it just, it seems like he just likes to add this. It feels lickspittly. It feels kind of it's like fluffy. It's it feels just fluffy, fluffy to me. nonsense. Yeah. yeah. 
but I get kind of eye-rolly about it very quickly. I'm like, oh, yeah. God. Oh. I, uh, there's so much of it in here, in yes. this book, where he's clearly trying to... Fluff or... Yeah, f- yeah. Fluff up Pull them the all kings. over your eyes in different places, too. <laughs> yeah. 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 And yeah, what do you... The I think the royal progresses are a great idea. Be, be seen by the yeah, people. I think... Think I think they're... they're a good idea. I think, yeah, um, Aegon had the fact that he conquered them. <laughs> so he didn't, like, have to do mm-hmm. a lot of yep. progresses. And then since then, he's just had, it's just been the messes of Aenys and Megor. So, yeah, I think mm. that he's trying to, you know, he has to establish something new that's never been done before with, with the position mm. he's in. So I think the progresses are a good idea. Be seen. Let people see you. Let mm. let people see your power, which is the dragons and your might. But then also mm-hmm. let mm-hmm. people feel that they can come and speak to you, which which Alisan, as we'll learn quickly, really makes yeah. that. Um, makes that yeah. I mean, he does it too. Yeah. And I do think that it's a really good idea for any ruler to do something like that. To be a man of the people, I guess, is what 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 people would say. You know, do you you and I think he's kind of got that balance right. They've you can be a king and sit on your you know mm-hmm. on your bum or your fanny, as Americans would Americans say, don't say, on fanny. the throne. Americans say fanny for your bum, your fanny, your fanny pack is your bum bag. Right here, fanny is yeah but, you're but americans don't you're say fanny country, darling. i've never heard an american say fanny on every tv show and film i've ever seen i honestly thought americans were talking about vaginas and vulvas for so long until right. i found i just out mean it's not yes that's right it does that. mean bum but i mean it's not a common phrase for americans to use to say bum no but i've seen it it was in like frasier yeah. I remember Ross saying something about uh, Nas's face, satin fanny. Yes, they mean <laughs> like, me. Excuse me. Do you know, I always thought it meant vagina too, because my my mom is Newfoundlander, and they're very, they're still very British or it's like inspired. And I always thought it meant for JJ. Yeah, I think it, I well, I, I confuse. Sorry, I'm just getting some banana bread delivered to me. What <laughs> um, a time for him to walk uh, in. <laughs> as I, I know exactly. Yes. We're just talking about vaginas. Don't We're mind us over in. here. <laughs> Super professional recording podcasting women. Exactly. It's fine. It's fine. But yeah, fanny pack. People talking about fanny packs. I'd be like, what do you mean? But you a fanny, fanny pack, pack is a bag. It's a bum bag, babe. I know, but it's... But a fat, like... It just... In the, in the UK, we call them a bum bag. And they're awful, so please don't have one. Please never have one. They're fucking terrible. If you have one, then you're the worst oh person my God. in the world. Jay has um, one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! No, I, th- I think he does. I feel like he got it for something, and it is it is useful. I don't really care about fashion. Like you don't you don't use a fanny pack for fashion. You know they are coming back. No, in, no, I know. I'm not. I mean, but they're handy to have. I know, have but I mean, when I carry a bag, um, when the uh, yeah, I hate carrying a bag. I just use my pockets. Do you know, I'm trying to. Rem- I feel like he was going to buy one, but I don't know if he actually did because now I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen him wear one. So maybe he didn't buy one. Well, he does have like a little man over the shoulder, like. Like, I would call it a purse, because I have the same one in pink, but he has one in black that goes over his shoulder and just sort of holds something. So if we go to, like, the zoo or something... That's okay. He's got... That's okay. I'm all right with that. Men can have a purse, but no one is allowed I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy a bum bag. Just because. (laughs) (laughs) You better not. This friendship will be over. I'm going to send you a picture and everything. Like that. (laughs) But I still have never understood why it's called a fanny. Because a fanny... 
is a very hilarious word here. If you say fanny, it's funny. Funny fanny. And it's your it's your front bottom, your foo foo. Yeah. Your front bottom. I've never heard that before. <laughs> oh you know, I heard front bottom. I've never heard that in my front life. Bottom. Back That's bottom. Amazing. Front bottom. <laughs> I've never heard that. heard that before. Oh, that's great. Oh, my God. Well, it could also be called your downtown district and entertainment centre. Oh, that it is indeed. Yep. <laughs> anyway, how did we get onto this? I honestly, I have no idea how we're How are we like 10 minutes into this fannies. podcast? <laughs> this is where we are. We haven't gotten through the first paragraph. We're already dissolved no, we're talking about, oh, because, because Jaharis doesn't just sit on his fanny, right. does he? correct. And do nothing on his bottom, his front bottom or back bottom. Oh my god! <laughs> you can't see yeah. that. She's like collapsing. Oh my god. I'm so delirious from exams and essays that every. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. I also haven't slept for weeks because I can't sleep with oh my, my broken god. arm right now. Yes. So between us, we're we're quite the pair. Who knows? Right now. We may not even be talking about. <laughs> I know. Quite the pair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it's great that he goes on progresses. I think it's great that he's just not sitting on his ass in his ivory mm-hmm. tower, ruling, but not seeing anyone. Yeah. And he doesn't expect people to come to him, right? It's like he's he's making himself yeah. approachable. He's making himself seen. I think it's I think it's good. I think it's smart. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And of course, oh, and he likes to bring as much as he can Alison with him. Yeah. And her... Um, and I like the, it's got really nice imagery, her silvery dragon soaring beside his great beast of burnished bronze, like silver and bronze together. Mm-hmm. It's just like a nice image, nice image of them in yeah. the sky. Hers is silver wing, silver right? Yeah. And his is vermithor, yes. isn't it? But he wants to do it differently. He doesn't want to be like Egon the Conqueror, who did do some progresses, but would take like a thousand, says a thousand knights, men at arms, grooms, cooks, and other servants, because essentially you it's like a great honour to have the king visit you, apparently, if you're into mm-hmm. that kind of thing. I couldn't yeah. give a shit because I don't care about <laughs> Don't want Charles family. to come and have but, the um, <laughs> No, if he came to my house, I'd be like, oh, hi, Charles. I'm not any, oh, If you want a cup of tea, you can have one, but... At least you wouldn't slam the door trouble. in his face. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know how I think in Friends, Monica has different towels. Oh, yeah, first um, the queen comes. Yes. And, like, yeah. she's got a guest, fancy guest, and then her dishware for if yeah. the queen comes. Um, I, I don't have anything like that. My dishware comes from Ikea and, uh, or TK Maxx or TJ Maxx, <laughs> as another thing yes, the Americans yeah. would say. But so it basically it's an honor to, to have the king, but it is so expensive. I like the way they say it basically impoverished people. Like, Did it really, Did though? It? I know. Do you know, I, I'm very mixed on this decision, actually. So Jaharis decides instead to only bring about 100 people with him uh, instead of his entire court, essentially. He has he has just a, a handful of people. No more than 100 men would accompany him yeah. on his progress, 20 knights and the rest, mm-hmm. men-at-arms and servants. I do not need... Mm. Uh, I do not need to ring myself about with swords so long as I ride Vermithor. Mm-hmm. But also the small numbers meant he could visit smaller yes. lords. Yes. So he, yeah, it wouldn't be impossible for people to visit some of the landed knights, right? And stuff like that. So I'm just that. That's kind of the part that I'm like, okay. I mean, I'm just gonna like criticize this a teeny bit. So if you go Aegon's way and have like thousands of people, and then you you beggar your high lords, the little lords never get to see you. But to the smaller lords, that hundred men could still put you out 
it could still, you know, you might want, you might want the honor of having the king come to your home, but that amount of people could still be not cost effective to you. I think you're right. But also, what's the alternative? The alternative is you do something similar to what Alisan, we see Alisan do soon, and you go down and you have a place where, you know, you, you hang out at the big castle and you invite lesser lords to come and meet you there. Mm. I don't know. I was just kind of like, okay. I think it's, I just think it's, I just thought it was, I think it's a good compromise. I don't know. I don't think it's a bad compromise. I just think that that amount, that number of people is fine for a great lord. I'm sure it's easy for them, but a smaller castle might not have the amount to house that either or facilitate that. So, what do you want from him, Beth? You want blood? He's trying his best here, man. Fuck that guy, man. (laughs) 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 Oh, God. So he's taking fewer people. It's still Still not not good enough enough for me. It's not. Sorry. Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's it's not perfect, but there's no plan that's going to be perfect. Really, he could just and or to be fair, the best thing he could do is go. I'm going to take fewer people, and I'm going to help pay my way as your guest. But he can't do that because we know he's broke. He is broke, but. I don't know. It's just even when you're like going to a you know friend's house, you still take. Uh, yeah, a or like you, you know, if a, you're going to stay with someone for a little while, you like you know offer to go and buy some of the groceries or something, right? Like you don't expect yeah, them to I'll get keep some groceries you in. Time, you know, right? exactly. Oh, hey, maybe he could make dinner. Right, a that's of all we're saying, Jaharis. Just step you up, know? get in those kitchens, yeah. <laughs> hunt some game, make some dinner. <laughs> Do your part. Mm-hmm. Do your part. Yeah, exactly. Partake <laughs> in this. You know, be part of the family. Mikasa, yes. Sukasa. Yeah, he wanted to be seen at more places. But also, the other thing... So this is the other compromise, is he wants to stay at them for for less time because he doesn't want to be an yes. unwelcome guest. So yeah, it might impoverish a poor... Like a less fancy-pants mm-hmm. lord. But he's not going to stay there for like two weeks and eat him out of house and home. He might be there for a, a few days and be like, I'm not going to be a shitty guest who eats It makes me think of a concert tour. That's what I think of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but what I what I just yeah I feel like he's sort of like concert tours. So when he gets to a place that that can facilitate having him a little longer, he probably does rest there a little longer. But those littler lords, he just sort yeah, of pops probably. through because hmm. you know yeah doesn't get the same yeah. press. He doesn't want to be a dick. <laughs> yeah, the first one he wanted to take, they thought they'll just do a wee a wee, a wee one. one. Yep. Let's do the crown a wee one. Let's do the crown lands and a little bit of the Vale of Arryn. Just a little bit north of King's Landing. And he wanted Alisanne to come with him, but she was having a baby. She's having a baby, isn't she? So they didn't want to go too far. And it didn't want to be too difficult. So they were going to Stokeworth and Rosby and then to Duskendale. All these places that I... mm, I'll talk about them in the spoiler section. (laughs) And then, so he... In Duskendale, it says that he enjoyed Dark- Lord Darkland's boatyards, had an afternoon of fishing, but more important yeah, than any of that, that... This is the good stuff right here. Fuck all that shit. This is the good <laughs> stuff. Queen yeah. Alison and her women's courts. Yeah. Love it. Do you want to explain what the women's courts are? Yes. So she invited uh, women and girls, highborn or low, uh, to come and meet with her, and they were encouraged to share fears, concerns anything that sort of could affect their their lives the realm whatever their their status their position yeah i love these women's courts and i think they're brilliant i think i i just really like alisan i think she has 
I think this is a really good idea. I, the thing, part of me does wonder, like there's a cynical part of me. I'm rubbing up wonder on if you. It, wonders if it's all <laughs> politics. No, I'm, no, I'm always I'm always I know, but cynical. I feel like you're never cynical of uh, Alison. <laughs> no, I'm being cynical right now because I think they've got, she and Jaharis have brilliant ideas and they do excellent things like these progresses. They want to be seen by people. They're trying to do tax in a better way as we heard in the last yep. chapter, like they're trying not to tax the small folk and blah, 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 blah. They have really good ideas. There's just this little niggly part of my brain that's like, is this all politics? Are they actually genuinely this... Caring. Like thoughtful. lovely and nice? Yeah. Or is it... Yeah, or is it just... I, I hate myself thinking... Of- you know what? I will counter you in this because I don't think that... I don't think they have anything to gain by getting the woman's perspective mm. and the woman's voice. I don't I, what I mean by that no. is is that it only makes them their position more complicated to get more opinions and more information mm-hmm. and to do mm-hmm. so, and to enact change or do things about it. So essentially it's a make work project. So obviously Alison genuinely yeah. cares about it. That's how I see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And I do think she does. It's just there's so there's so many decisions like so far They've just been completely almost perfect. It's a bit like, mm, can anyone be this perfect? I don't really? think they've been almost like, perfect he's like, at all. Gonna... I don't think they should have got married in the first place. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Okay, apart from that, <laughs> apart from that, but I mean, as in his rule so far has been to uh, get down to work straight away. He sorted out King's Landing and put all the right people in the right places. He sorted out, it was peaceful with Lord Rogar, even though Lord Rogar did treason and sorted out his mum's relationship you you know as in and he's trying not to be a dick about taxes and he's trying to do this and he wants to go and be seen by the people i'm i do not think jaharis is perfect by Mm -hmm. far but they're just made i i don't know are they genuinely good people or are they just really good at politicking i think think they're they're good at politics but i also think that that this particular project did isn't something that anybody but her would have said that should happen so i think that I think it's a yeah. I know that's a yeah. It's a good. I think it's it's good. Yeah, I think I think it's a shows excellence on her mm-hmm. part personally. Yes. However, something wild happens. Something completely mad yeah. happens when they get to Maidenpool. I don't know if you know about Maidenpool, the people, the people of this. So if you've not read ahead, you don't know it from the main series. The Maidenpool is in the Riverlands. Um, I believe it's not in the Crownlands, is it? No, it's the Riverlands. It's definitely the Riverlands. I've looked at it literally yeah. the last of the day, and it is said to have the the pool in Maidenpool. It's literally named after it. It's said to be where um, the waters that almost have like healing properties. It's like a. It reminds me of things like Bath. You know, like the not a Bath, but the city of Bath, mm-hmm. uh, which is in southwest England, and. Um, the, if you bathed in it was there were they there was natural waters there that the Romans um kind of tiled off and put literally into bath oh, places Romans they named did it like bathhouses where the word yep. bath yep. comes from they did and they turned them into bathhouses and it was said like lots of people in the it was a really big thing in like the 16th and 17th century that people would go and bathe they thought that it, if you were ill you should go bathe in and drink from well, the, the the waters there and they, they people still believe it people still think it has like healing properties like it's got i think it probably has like high 
like if you're looking at scientifically, I think it's got like high mineral content and blah, blah, blah content, which might make you better if you're unwell. But there's always been this belief that if you bathe in the waters, it will heal you of your ills. The same with um, the waters in Lourdes in southwest mm-hmm. France. Yeah, there's places, yeah. And also um, the Ganges, I was thinking, in India. Um, it's quite interesting that, that that does come up. Like there's often, you know, in real life... Just these places where people believe if you bathe in this it will water, it will do something special. Yep, he does it a will lot do of something that. Special uses uh, uses mm-hmm. lore, but also a maiden pool is where, and the actual pool of maiden pool. Why? Why is it called maiden pool? Well, I believe it's because women used to, because women aren't allowed, uh, men aren't allowed in the pool. It's a women's area. Like you aren't allowed to go in it if you're a man. So I think literally it's where women and maids are supposed to bathe. Interesting. And it was where, in the legend of Florian and Jonquil mm-hmm. come from. And in fact, the small folk used to compare the romance, according to the story, mm-hmm. I mean, they may not have done, but apparently <laughs> the romance of Jaehaerys and Alisan was compared to the romantic story of Florian and Jonquil. And... <laughs> And I was looking up Florian and Jonquil because I was like, what is... I don't actually isn't know... It, like, isn't it a maiden I've of read about Florian so and Jonquil. Yeah, but you actually don't know. You actually never hear the full story <laughs> in in the whole you of the not. series. So I was looking up going like, that's really weird. I feel like mm-hmm. I know it, but I feel like my brain has filled in the yes, blanks. Yes, well, yes, because of... I rather mean, than it be being... spoilery, but because of a relationship later on, right? But it is funny if it is if it yes. is the love story of Jaehaerys and Alysanne and it is the story of a, of a maid and mm-hmm. a fool, then that makes the king the fool. Yeah. Well, it's fool, a fool and a knight. So Florian was a fool and a knight. And apparently he says in the story, because uh, she says, oh, you're a fool. And he says, and I'm a knight. Should, well, you, you can't be both. And he says, all men are fools and all men are knights when women are con- where women are concerned. That's true. It's probably true. Um, but apparently he, they met or... I, I don't know if it's where they met, but apparently he spied her bathing in this pool with That's her not sisters. Or anything. But I, I, I get the impression it was kind of like an open air lake or something, or maybe it had been, you know, tiled beautifully and turned into a more of a bathing area. But now it's kind of been put into a bathhouse. Hmm. Uh, oh, but I should mention that Florian the Fool and all that came from the Age of Heroes, so it's like thousands and thousands of years old in the world yeah. book kind of work. thing. Alisan wanted to go into Jonquil's pool um, to like, kind of like holy water, like to bless her pregnancy, to bless her baby. She did. Um, and now it's not like an open, like I was saying before, it's not like an open pool anymore they've put a bathhouse yeah. around it but it's and then and also uh, i find it interesting an order of holy sisters are these like are they of the faith it doesn't say scepters or is it people who basically worship here's what pool? i think happened there i think that this is written by a maester and i think that he didn't mm-hmm. want to associate these women with scepters so he didn't call them scepters even though they were but I'm not sure it necessarily is scepters because what have the faith got to do with the maiden pool? What has that got to do with anything to do with the faith of the seven? It's just they like, would. What is it got? 
it's not holy to the but faith. septas are everywhere it's and holy this is to... a healing water property True. bath thing so i mean septas and mm. the faith are, are ubiquitous in westeros they're everywhere they're because maiden pool the actual pool dates back to the first men yeah and actually the story of florian and jonquil is probably a first men story even though he was oh, said, said to be a knight. knight so maybe maybe not yeah but but it no but it goes back it goes way back to first men mm-hmm. stories and the age of heroes is first men because that's pre andals mm-hmm. and, uh, and there's some really there was quite an interesting discussion like, ages ago on radio westeros about this about florian and jonquil and was he a knight if he was a first man um and it's possible because they may not have had knights the story might have Just been evolved kind of time evolved and edited yeah. but yeah because they would have had they won't have knights but they do have a kind of yeah like a chivalry which code which, is, which would be a knight, yeah, a knight yeah. Like yeah um but this goes back to first men it do you know what it reminds me of a lot of is um a mikveh do you know what a mikveh no. is so a mikveh is a jewish bath that women only women go in and it is for bathing you can go in a mikveh if you are converting to judaism mm-hmm. for example oh yes you, yeah okay you have to, it's sort yeah. of special flowing water um that's sort of um not free flowing what do i mean it's natural flowing water and women, especially um, Orthodox Jewish women, will go into the mikveh after they finished their period, because it cle- it's sort of a way to cle- it's kind of yeah to cleanse them and get them ready. They can then have sex with their husband right. after that point, because if you're Orthodox, you're not meant to have sex or touch during menstruation or a little bit afterwards, and then you go to the mikveh. It's a, a special kind of female power. It's a feminine place full of feminine energy and it has mikveh um, guards. I don't mean that. Oh God, my brain just doesn't work. But special women who work in the mikveh, whose job it is to look after the women going in there and to make sure that they're having like the holy, happy experience. It's actually a really... And I, I could talk about a mikveh for ages because it's a really interesting yes, idea. Is, yeah. of. I like the idea of contrasting yeah, it to a mikveh. I... I... I I don't I just I feel like if a first man order existed in that area mm. it would have been annihilated. <laughs> so that's why I don't because Possibly. of the sept and the andals and I just wonder if it's something that's yeah but I just wonder if it's something that is I, stayed on because even this Targaryen queen wants to bathe in it like this yeah, is so I think a Targaryen exactly. Valyrian and and the Targaryens are very 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 right now mm. um focused on getting back in good graces with the faith so uh, in my mm. opinion i feel like yes there is special women that are dedicated to guarding this order but i still think they are associated with the faith or guarding this pool but i still think Possibly. they are associated with the faith so there mm. could be a special sect of septas that are that because it's these if these are the holy women <laughs> I don't know that mm. holy women of the first men would do what these holy women do. These are representatives of no, the faith. No, they wouldn't. But I don't I don't think they've got anything to do with... I think what they do, end up doing, which we'll get onto in a minute, has nothing to do with faith whatsoever. I think it's just to do with culture. And you get bad people everywhere. Not just in the faith of the seven. I just think it's interesting. I just want to... 
I, I think I want to cast a little thought as to the origins of Maidenpool and whether the pool itself is a first men thing because it's not specifically said that they are women of the faith of the seven and and because it just goes back in time maybe it's something that the faith of the seven have sort of semi-adopted you know how um like the catholic church kind of adopted pagan yeah, things like christmas, like christmas tree christmas yeah. and yuletide yeah. blah 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 christmas well yeah and easter and blah 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 so i wonder if it's a kind of they've adopted a part of it but really the almost religious element the healing element the the belief that it's got healing properties goes back way 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 into first mm-hmm. men yeah i i i believe that but i i think that the people who are observing it are um associated with the faith i'm just i just want to look up john quill's pool because it is called john quill's pool and find out yeah i was just looking at maiden pool if it does something um, just to see if they had a oh it is a, it does say in the wiki it does say that it is holy sisters from the faith yeah. of the seven so it does say there. That doesn't necessarily it doesn't mean, mean it's necessarily true, it's but, I, but that's what I that's my feeling no. on it as well. Yes, especially because of what they mm. do. They are representatives of the faith in this in this next act. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And what does happen in the next act? So women aren't allowed in. So who who goes in with Queen Alessandra? She's got some lovely ladies. Yeah, she has her. They've she, they've left two king's guard outside the door, they haven't have. they? Yes, and she has some scepters of her own with her. So right? Joffrey Doggett, her late her. So yeah, so Joffrey Doggett's outside, and so is Giles Morgan. I want to say no. Giles Morgan goes way back. Who's the other one? Yeah, it's yeah, Giles Morgan. So. Yeah, they're outside, and she's brought in with her some ladies in waiting, maids and scepters. Edith and Lyra, who had served beside scepter Isabel as novices, they had recently been sworn in as scepters, mm-hmm. and they were devoted to the queen as well as some of her other ladies-in-waiting. And obviously, lots of people really liked Jaehaerys and Alessandra, but there were some who felt that her presence in Jonquil's, like this holy place, this holy pool, went against all that was good. Right, because because of the, the incest, because, right? Like, there are still members of the faith of the incest who, and, are, who feel yeah. that Targaryen... And also she shouldn't be... She's got an abomination yeah. in her belly yeah. as well. Exactly. You they, know, according they to them. They feel similarly to me that Targaryen shouldn't marry brother to sister. I don't think I would do what they did. <laughs> That's not exactly how I feel. But no. um, but yeah, they don't. Mm-hmm. They think it's yucky. And uh, they don't feel like they should be doing that. No. So the faith has been... It says the silence of the starry sept, which is important. Because the, the sept has not yet said okay no. to to their marriage that's a really important point viewing this scene is their silence is doing something um they haven't they have Mm. not condoned this marriage they've not blessed this marriage they are not anointed with by the by the sept no so that's big um so so alisand goes it's kind of no it's just it kind of it you're right it leaves it um i know i can't find (laughs) the words today either it's like implicit there's you have to work out what's implied the silence could be implicit acceptance or we're actually not saying anything because we don't yeah want to silence say is purposeful gonna... and they have not like i said they haven't yeah. uh they haven't spoken one no. way or another to condone or not they don't want to rock no. the boat yet i think the faith no and a lot of people did like a lot of people did like jaharis and Alassane because they had all those 
you know, the seven speakers we talked about last mm-hmm. episode who went out to go and preach about the goodness of Alisan, about blah, blah, yeah. blah. So to the small um, folk, including right? to, the, to the people, to the, yeah. to the small people. Yeah, to the people. Um, but there were some, as it says here, whose hearts were hard with hate. Yes. They told one another that their holy waters would be polluted forever were the queen allowed to bathe in them whilst carrying the king's, in quotes, abomination in her mm-hmm. belly. Queen Alisan had only slipped out of her clothing when they fell upon her with daggers that they had concealed within their robes. Yeah. It's fucking awful. That'd be so traumatic. You know what it reminds me of? It's not, not the same. Well, what? and then, well, let's finish what happens. So what happens next is the three okay. three women who are with Alisan step up and mm-hmm. uh, defend her against the attackers. They are badasses. badasses. Yes, they are like, naked. They, and they, they like don't hesitate. Naked. They just get in there. No. And one of them is slashed across no. the face. Face, not faith. That's Scepter Edith, Edith was slashed sla- across the slashed face. Across the face. Why do I keep Prudence, Seltagar, Prudence, one of these titless, witless mm-hmm. ones. She gets stabbed through the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Rosamund Ball. Let's bow our heads because she took a dagger in the belly that killed her three Pour days one out. later. Pour one out um, for yeah. And obviously there was shouting and screaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of the blades managed to get to the queen. They protected their they queen. Did. I'm sorry, I got like goosebumps. I know, I was it. actually it was like, so, like like emotional terrifying. about it. It would be so, so scary. And what it reminds me yeah. of a little bit is what happened with mm-hmm. Mary Queen of Scots when she was pregnant with King James I yeah. when her uh, oh yeah her man was, was stabbed 44 times in front of her when he was having dinner with oh, her. Oh, God. Yeah, no threat to her though. Oh, that, that would just—I know that well. would just be no. absolutely positively horrendous to see. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, and also the fact that she's naked. She's like, at her most vulnerable. Being pregnant yes. is so vulnerable. When you're pregnant, you're very vulnerable. Like you've got this thing growing inside you—a child. It, it, you. There's so much that happens to your body, and you're just constantly like. Oh God! I hope this is going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's so many unknowns happening in your body when you're pregnant. You just don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like even now, right? I've got a broken elbow. I'm going to milk this. Milk it. I'm milk, it. milk my broken elbow yeah. on this thing. So I've got a broken elbow, and the way that they fix broken elbows is essentially you get yeah. a sling. Yeah, <laughs> that is it. You get a sling, and you're told as soon as you can move your arm around, and you're like, but I've got a broken yeah. bone in here, and when I go out somewhere, I'm just aware that people are near yes. me and like might just bang into me or push past me. And I'm like, oh, don't touch because it's like raw. It's or like the fact the that you have two children feeling. at home. It's like... Two children at home who I'm having to be like, don't yes. jump on me. Exactly, right? <laughs> like just ah. gentle cuddles, yeah. please. And it makes you feel when you have a thing, like any kind of medical thing, it makes you feel vulnerable. You are like, I just feel like my arm is exposed all the time. Like it's just mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm exposed to the world and she and and it's the same when you're pregnant you're just vulnerable and she's literally naked she has no clothing no armor she's got no guards but what she does have is women who are utterly devoted to her and love her who jump in the fray and they're like not today which again speaks to her her own her goodness right like she has Mm. endeared these people to her Mm. so much that they literally jump in front of blades for her that's saying something. Mm. They're not Kingsguard members. What I want to know is, Beth, they're not Kingsguard members. What I want to yes. know is, Beth, <laughs> would I is, take a knife for you? 
Of course I would. <laughs> no, I mean like would you would you take a knife no. for Alison? Would you would you jump No <laughs> Who would you take a knife for? I know I'd take a knife for my kids. Yeah, I I mean probably anyone if, that I'm actually yeah. close to, I would I'm actually one of those, you know yeah. um fight or flight people. Like when there's actual mm-hmm. violence going down, I am not humans. a flight, I am a fight. Humans. Like I jump up and do, or I like run in if someone's hurt. Are you, are I you run a fighter? Over. Like I don't run the other way. I don't stop and stare. I run yeah. in. I don't no. even think about it. No, which is I'm, terrible. It's actually. It's, what are you? Would you fight? Would you be a fighter? I probably would be. A, yeah. Yeah. So I would, can. Well, see, I would run in, but I'm more of a, and I have literally done this when I've seen fights on the streets. I run in and then I do first aid yeah. with people. <laughs> I'm a lamo, so I'm running in, but I'm like, don't. I don't like fighting. Everybody stop yeah. fighting. I'm um, mouthy and but stuff running and I get into and do. trouble. But like I've been in in uh, you know hard moments in my life and I I fight. <laughs> it's not good. Wow. Um, it just gets me in more trouble. So yeah, I, she's I, a I, fighter. I, I, I would jump in and take a knife for anyone I'm close to. Yeah. Would you? You would do? You, you wouldn't take your rings off your fingers before you went in. No. You'd get some keys out between your. Knuckles, I'm not really like a thinker that way. I'm just. Uh, I I feel like I often feel like oh. if there's more people standing in front of one person who's going through something or behind them or wherever they want you to be that the other person will end up backing off and dissuading. Mm-hmm. So it's like if these women had known these, I think it's this three women who attacked yeah. Alistair had known that these other women mm-hmm. would stand in front of her. Would they have done it at all? Yeah. yeah. To know. Yeah. I don't know if I'd jump in front. I don't know. I think I'd just curl in a ball and cry on the floor. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I would do, honestly. I mean, because I don't know Alison. I think she's great, but I don't actually know her. She's a fictional character. But if someone was going, if anyone went for my kids, I fucking, I'd fucking oh, yeah. get them. I'd fucking yeah. like beat the shit yeah. out of them. It's it's like something so weird that happens to you when you become a parent. Yes, <laughs> that you're just like, I didn't know I had this mm-hmm. in me that I would be so. If anyone, the term mama bear is just children. so fitting. Like it's just actually true. Yeah, like, that's like, protective. Urgh. Like we all have a bit of house Mormon women in us, yeah. don't we? It's it's really weird, and it's just a thing that you do. It's like awakens inside you. Uh, can before we find out what happens next, when Sir Joffrey Doggett and Sir Giles Morrigan come mm-hmm. on in, I just really want to do a shout out to Rosamund Ball who gave her life uh, to to Alisan yeah. to saving Alisan's mm-hmm. life, and. Because she's come up a few times, old Rosamond. Do you know where House Ball are from? No. They're a they're a baller house, you could say. <laughs> <laughs> Lol. Uh, house Ball are from the Reach. They're a Reach house, which surprised me that they're actually from the Reach. Yes, it sounds like um, a first men. I don't know name. why. It's very... It is a first men name. Oh, it look is, at me! Yeah. Boom. And they've got. I know they are first men family. And I always think of first men people as very loyal. It's always about honour, isn't it? Like, on being honourable and loyal houses. Mm-hmm. You obviously get exceptions to the rule. Yeah. But, that's <coughs> Bolton. Um, Are they but, Bolton's first I men? Think... I thought they were Andals. No, they're first men. Bolton? They're definitely first men. Hmm. Yeah, House Bolton is first men. Okay, I'm going to have to look that up. I'm sure, because they're a northern house. That the only northern house that aren't um, there's, first men there's in the north. two that are, are for sure aren't uh, first men, and that's Mormont yeah, they're first and Manderleys. Okay. I thought Mormonts were first they men. They are not. Are they not? They are, are they? not. Well, they one bare island in an armor. So. The House Bolton are first men. 
They did. Yeah, House Bolton is first men. Okay. Anyway, that's okay. an aside. Yes. I now I'm gonna have to obviously look up House Mormon because that's fascinating to me. I've completely forgotten that they It's that oh oh I have so many questions now. It doesn't say history, House Mormon. It doesn't actually say that they're Andal Andalish on the thing. That's fascinated me. Okay, anyway, I'm gonna have to look that up later on. House Ball. Let's talk about House Ball. Because House Ball are awesome. and But they do have a very boring... Sigil? Sigil. It's really dull. It's dull AF. But I think that's probably the first men kind of thing. They're not really fancy pantsy, are, are they? Um, oh, yeah, it is Do you want to guess what's on the House Ball? <laughs> I'm looking at it. <laughs> it's a red chevron with three I actually like it. it. I would wear white, that. A white shield, red <laughs> chevron. It's because you love balls. because I love balls. Um, yeah. So it is. But I just want to say shout out to House Ball for taking one for the team. Yes. You know? Yeah. They didn't need to do that. They didn't need to do Rosamund, that. like, they're from the Reach. They're not even a Crownlands people. They're not even, like, the Celtigars or Celtigars are Valyrian house. They weren't scepters. It's not like they've taken a vow. They're just people who are like, yeah, I'm going to go in and protect my queen. And it's pretty awesome. It's awesome. Personally, mm-hmm. I like it. So shout out to House Ball there. Indeed, pour one out. Um, so anyway, there, there was lots of screaming and shouting. Yeah. Uh, and so Sir Geoffrey Doggett, Sir Giles Morgan had been outside the entrance, probably daydreaming away, thinking about all the naked women inside <laughs> there, thinking it was probably like a lovely orgy, and that we're just having pillow fights in their Surely pants and not. whatever. They but it are, turns out it was. They are white knights. They would never. <laughs> <laughs> they would. They actually would. Um, and they came in and it was basically, you would have walked in and be like, what the hell? I leave you here for for three <laughs> minutes. I turn my back for two minutes, you yeah. guys. One of you's cut on the face. The other of you stabbed through the shoulder. One of you's fucking dying and the queen is shaking. Yeah. In her. Yeah. And they're all room. naked. And obviously, would you have to avert your eyes from the naked queen? I think, body? I wonder like if that's... they just didn't even, they just observed and they went for the people with weapons like i i don't even i wonder mm. if i feel like they wouldn't have even looked they would have been like are you okay and then moved into their duty right like, yeah 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 well they they killed two of the three attackers they straight did. away kept the third for questioning and she said that about six other people in their order had helped plan the attack but didn't have the courage to wield a blade yes. so lord mouton who is the vassal lord of Maidenpool hanged all the guilty people and they probably said he might have hanged the innocent as well except uh, that Queen Alison intervened and was like let's let's not hang Calm everyone down. let's Calm just get the down. guilty parties Calm yep. down and obviously Jaehaerys was like what the yeah, fuck he's mad. he was he mad. furious yep. he mad he didn't go onto the veil they postponed that they went back to Megos Holdfast, the castle within a castle. And Queen Alison was supposed to stay there until the child was yes. born. But she had an even better idea than just hiding she out. She did. Her best idea. Another bit one, that just makes me so ideas. happy. She needed a shield yes. as well. She needed she needed her own Kingsguard yeah. because Kingsguard are men and they cannot go exactly. everywhere a woman goes. And so we Exactly. I need a protector of mine own, she said. Yeah. So we met we met a pretty badass woman a little while ago that uh, mm-hmm. obviously Alison has just been daydreaming about since meeting her. Probably. 
We met her, this one at the, there was the tourney for having seven kings guard. There was. A while back. Um, and there was a mystery night called the Scarlet, the Serpent and Scarlet, no, the Scar- Serpent and yeah. Scarlet. And turns out when she was defeated, at, like almost in the last hurdle, that it turns out it was a woman. And it was Jonquil Dark, who was the bastard half-sister of Lord Darklin of Duskendale. Yes. I find it interesting that obviously she's not just, uh, sorry, Jonquil. Again, another reference to Jonquil mm-hmm. here. We've got Jonquil, Jonquil, yes. Jonquil, Jonquil's yes. pool. Alisan is like Jonquil in the story and she has now, she's being protected by Jonquil. I really want, can George please publish what the actual <laughs> effing story of Jonquil and Florian yeah. is? Because I find it weird that this It is interesting that there's out. so many, so much and so heavy handed in this chapter and you don't know the story. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jonquil Dark though is a bastard half-sister. So why is she not Waters? Why is she? Why have they? Why have they able to give her a sec, an actual different surname? Because only a few houses do that, mm-hmm. where they want to distance themselves from bastardy. But they, ha- you have, feel like you have to be kind of fancy enough to do that. There's some. There's like a house in again in the Crownlands, which instead of waters, they became long waters. Right. Yes. And obviously, you've got Baratheon. Which is the bastard of the Targaryens, brother of yeah. of the Targaryens. So I'm just wondering why Jonquil's section of the family becomes dark, not Waters, and if they are interesting. Why why they're so I special? Really thought about that. I wonder if uh, if it's a just her, if she just took on her own moniker, or if. Um... Or if it's just they are, you know, an older house that's been there for a long time and that's just what they've always called their, you know, children born out of wedlock. So that's just what she did. Interesting. Oh, interesting. So I just looked it up and it does say that House Dark is a house from the Crownlands. They're said to be distant kin to the extinct Darklands of Duskendale, but Jonquil Dark was the first known dark so i wonder if she gave herself that moniker yeah, that's what i think that that's her that's name she did that she's chosen for herself and it's such a badass Agency name there, like, dark yeah, it, it gives it gives yeah. her but it gives it's like a cool hey superhero name like i'm junkwill dark mm-hmm. i'm the dark slayer it's just a very cool name yeah she was a bastard daughter of lord dark darklin and it was possible that she was the founder of the house so that's very cool. I just think it's awesome. I think it's a great name, Dark. It, it kind of conjures fear in your one's enemies. It, it's not, it's, I love it. I quite liked House Darklin. They're a very interesting house. Uh, and the fact that John Quill has given herself, like taken agency, given herself her own name. And, and it's just a badass it's name. Because she could have gone like for... She could have done something with waters, like a lot of the houses do. Like they do something with the word water. Yeah, but or since with, dark with, is so prominent the in that word. name, I think it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's great. Just great. So it also kind of washes away bastardry in a way, right? It's like it does. Well, that's that's why lots of people choose yeah. to do that is because they don't want to be associated with bastardy. Yeah. And obviously, if she's founded her own house. That sounds like she's got some kind of amazing dynasty. That she has started from that point mm-hmm. on. So a raven went to Duskendale that night and said, Jonquil Dark has to be 
her sworn I don't think shield. they said they have to be, but I bet it was an invitation. Obviously, she wanted to be a member of the King's Guard, so this is a Queen's Well, in the, in the words, the words they use is commanding, so I oh. think it's a King's Command. So, we command Jonquil Dark. I think she would have loved it. She wanted to be in the King's Guard, now she gets to be the Queen's Guard. And she's still wearing her scarlet uh, armour. She arrives in King's Landing a few days later. Mm-hmm. And she becomes known as the Scarlet Shadow because she was clo- she closely guarded her lady at all times. It just also says she gladly accepted appointment, so it implies that it's not mm. totally uh, like like she didn't have choice. That's why. Well, what would you do? Of it, you don't have a choice when the king asks you to do something. If you don't do it, you've got to have a fucking good reason not to. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm just getting a cushion for my sore elbow. <laughs> my elbow hurts. Um, yeah, you've got to have a really good reason not to do something. If the, well, if my the I, my says, point was just she she had, she this. would have accepted because she wanted to be a king's guard. So getting to be a queen's guard was is also you know she's probably like yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Really. Do you think um, she was a little bit in love with Alison? No. Mm-hmm. No? no. There is something written in here later on that I'm a bit like interesting. Ooh, okay. Though hmm. we move a little bit around. The, so we've we've had some shitty times in Maidenpool. Yeah, we've had some shitty We're times with J&A. J&A's travels. Yes. Yeah. And then we move slightly south from there to the Stormlands where some some news has arrived. Yeah. Don't know if it's good necessarily, personally, but there we go. The, um, do you want to say what the news is? The news is uh, our favourite our favorite bro. Brogar Baratheon (laughs) yeah and uh, Queen Alyssa RNA are are pregnant Uh, she's expecting a baby at age what 44 they say right 44 yeah yeah. so it's a little a little dangerous even for our time so it's late to have a a pregnancy it is late although I was just watching Bridget Jones's baby the other day and obviously she's apparently 43 yeah. in that I mean it's not uncommon I know I, have a, I mean I have a friend who had it's one, not uncommon no. baby at 39 I mean it's not yeah no big deal uh, yeah I, my one of my friends has just had a baby age 38 yeah. but it, it's it's not as safe and certainly not in this sort of time where women were dying willy-nilly yeah from childbirth. exactly yeah it's it's not uh, it's not um yeah, it's higher risk. Um, did you know that after, oh my gosh, I should know this. After I think it's 30, they refer to pregnancies. 35. Geriatric. Geriatric. Yes. Geriatric. Yeah, pregnancy. it's awful. I think they've actually recently changed that. I think they've had to because people are saying that's awful. And because people are having babies when they're older now. So there's yeah. so many of them. I don't think they can call it geriatric. Anymore. I think there's been enough complaints. Uh, maybe say, there, because here, here it still is at the moment. But yes, the geriatric pregnancy. Really? 35. Okay. I think in the UK it's changed. Yeah. But they thought that she was well beyond her childbearing years. So people thought it was a miracle. But to be fair, I think if Rogar is pounding you as often as he probably wants to pound Alyssa, then... Um, it's it was likely on on the scale of percentages of number of times being shagged by someone. But is he pounding get, her still all got the some time? Eggs in because there. doesn't it say that he? This is maybe after the child is born, but he like repents and he apologizes. Yes, for cheating no, on that's the there. Yeah. So I think he's just pounding everything though, because he's a Baratheon. They just he's a pound, bro Baratheon, so he's just in there, up in it. And the High Septum himself said it was a blessing from the gods. A gift from the mother above to a mother who had suffered so much and bravely 
And I'm like, mm-hmm. Is that really what a woman wants age 44? When you've already had, you've lost a lot of children. Everything's been shit. Do you want to, age 44, go through pregnancy again? Interesting, though, because I actually... And risk dying. I think she did. Yeah, I do. I do. She doesn't have great relationships with her children right now. I actually think she did want that. I think... I think for Alyssa, the ideal fulfillment for her was that sort of more nuclear husband-children lifestyle. I think that's what she lived for. She loved raising her kids, and she never got to do it with her husband or in the way that she wanted to. Maybe if I just... Maybe if I have a baby, it'll make everything all right. (laughs) I... I... Oh, I don't know. I don't think that's a good reason to have a baby. I don't think it's a good reason. I'm just saying I think that she wanted the baby. (laughs) I just can't think of anything more. Like, the fact, like I said, a friend of mine, age 38, Mm -hmm. just had a baby. I cannot genuinely think of anything I would like least when now that my kids are a bit grown up to find out I'm having another baby. I, I was thinking when she had given birth and I was she texted me at like half past midnight and I was like she's texting me at half past midnight because she's awake because she's got a baby a heart and she's awake and she's going to be awake all night and she's texted me because the baby won't sleep unless the baby is on someone and so they're sleeping in shifts and like two hour shifts or something and I was just thinking oh my god I am so happy that I never have to do that again I don't like I love babies mm-hmm. and in some ways I would love another baby like that would be lovely i am one of a three my partner is one of a three i always kind of thought that i'd have three but also no no thank you i am done i am this shop is closed no thank you no more i am ready for my life to be different and i feel like age 44 that's when that's the that's the prime time like obviously her kids are much much more grown up but that's the prime time. Your kids are a bit grown up. They're a bit more independent. You know, you can be like, right, I'm going out to the pub. But I'll, that's <laughs> See not later. her lifestyle. They can look after themselves. So I don't think, I, I know. do think that she's happy about the baby. <laughs> I just can't think of anything worse. I do. No, I know. I do. Probably. Yeah. She also, she, she doesn't have to is. get up every two hours in the night. She'll have servants to do that. That is true. She will have, she will yeah. have people she to probably do that. Is, she probably is. And I think it. she probably is afraid of the birth because she knows that that is you know hard on a on a as a young woman let alone as a you know 44 year old woman where you're you know a little bit less Mm. your body's just not ready for that anymore at this point hers you know without the medical care that we have but i think she's happy about the baby i don't know okay 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 within her lifestyle that's my thought that's my feelings Mm. Mm. and of course it says the prospect of a child warmed lord rogar's heart i bet it I bet it and did. He cast off his anger. What did so? What do they mean? Cast off his anger. What anger? What anger was he casting off? And he repented of his infidelities to stay by his wife's side. So obviously he's been sleeping around. So he's not been doing what Jaharis said, which was to honor mm-hmm. my mum, honor my mother, and don't fuck around. So he's obviously been fucking yep. around. Yep, he has been. Uh, and the anger, he cast off his anger. What anger are we talking about here? Anger maybe about I what? don't know. Anger at Alyssa, maybe. Anger at Alyssa, anger at Jaharis. But the baby doesn't have anything to do with Jaharis. I mean, he lost a lot of face. He lost a lot of face. A lot of face. But it's also maybe, Um, maybe that's more just like um, Maester Swivel. He cast off his mm. anger. Well, he cast, I don't know. Maybe it's just Swivel. Maybe it's just nothing. 
This part's interesting. The high septon himself proclaimed it was a blessing from the gods, a gift from the mother above to a mother who had suffered so much and bravely. So the high septon mm-hmm. will condone this child, but they won't condone the marriage of the king and queen. So that's interesting, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So he is not, it's not like he's just he's silent, silent about, about everything. About exactly. And that's, I think, an important no. factor in this chapter, especially. This mm. particular child is welcomed where Alyssa's no. was just almost murdered in her belly. Alice was just almost murdered in her belly. Yeah. So that's important. Mm. Juxtaposition. And it is quite a good, I hadn't thought, I hadn't noticed that juxtaposition. But yeah, you're right. Even though the Baratheons are technically kin, yeah. to, kin yeah. to the... Yeah, but a lot of, in thingies. Westeros, a lot of cousins marry cousins and stuff like that. Yeah, so, I know, cousins marry yeah. cousins. But I am not surprised that a child has warmed Rogar's heart. This is something I've been thinking about, and I actually saw a really good video by Joe Magician. has just done a really good video, like his first one in ages. And he talks about the Baratheons a lot in that one. And it kind of... St- it's annoying me that he's sort of like I've watched it. I'm like I'm slightly annoyed at you, Joe, because you've sort of solidified some thoughts in my head <laughs> before I had a chance to do it. But like Rogar, essentially wants to be part of the royal family again. Oh yeah, because yeah, for sure. Because the like we've just said, the Baratheons are part of the Targaryen dynasty. They are Valyrian, <laughs> and they want to be recognised as just as important as the Targaryens. Oh yeah, they have definite little brother syndrome. They do, and they they don't... Oh, sorry, about to fall off my chair. Um, <laughs> trying not to break another bone. <laughs> yes, please do not. <laughs> they... Because you've got the Valyrian families. You've got Celtigar, Celtigar, uh, Valarian, Targaryen, and Baratheon. And there's sort of something special about most of the Valyrian houses. We don't know much about House Celtigar, but the... House Baratheon are kind of ha- are cast offs, and they don't have. They are the half brother of Aegon, so Oris Baratheon was the half brother of Aegon, but he wasn't allowed to have a dragon. There are no dragon riders in House Baratheon. But we don't know that he wasn't allowed to have a dragon. He just doesn't have one. No, but as in, but it's sort of it's interesting that Barath- House Baratheon are not given dragon eggs. Okay, but they're not. They it's they are half sibling to the Targaryens, but there is a distinction that they are not dragon riders, even though they are siblings. And this is Rogar, his first try at maybe having a dragon rider in the family, because if Elissa is giving birth to them, then he may have they may be given dragon eggs. And they may be dragon There's a few things in this. So, in like, my history student brain is going a little bit like, ding, 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 a little wild right now. Um, so, first of all, we, at this point, the book the book is at a point where it just refer- retcons the Baratheons to actually be the bastard brother. But in the very first chapter, it's speculated that they are. So we don't actually know for sure that they are half-brothers of Targaryens, though I do believe that they are. Um, secondly, I think secondly they are. and this is maybe my biggest... Hmm. is Ro or um what the heck was his name um the first Bar- Oris Baratheon Oris was half Targaryen he was he mm-hmm. was a, a bastard child so I feel like obviously he was born out of wedlock when um uh, what was um Aegon and Visenya and Rhaenys dad's name Aenar 
I so know. when Anar okay. was married to another woman, so I feel like she would have been like, absolutely not. You're not giving like that a drag, like that person a dragon egg. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. not no. That would to me yeah. maybe she would have viewed it as disrespectful. But also he's only half I agree. Targaryen, I agree. right? He's only ha- it's not like all the mm-hmm. other ones have been full Valerian blood. This child is not Valerian mm-hmm. blood. I I completely agree. And what I'm saying is is I think the, the Baratheons are prideful. Yes. So maybe even though it wouldn't have been the done thing to let a half sibling have a dragon egg. Would they have felt the slight of being like, well, we're Valyrian. We're related to the royal but they're family. Not, they're only, but we're they're not, only part Valyrian. We're, we're not, not even, we're not we're even not no, I know, but they're only part yeah. Valyrian, but they're not kind of viewed as they, I, I just think, I think it's interesting that the Baratheons spend a lot of time trying to be in the royal family especially rogar rogar especially who is obsessed. what i my other point was that you you're saying that baratheons are prideful but oris is, was not prideful how do we know well he there's no time that he power grabs like like rogar does so you know actions speak louder than True. words so he doesn't he doesn't do anything near what rogar does so that's that's a mm. later development but what about his but then we have his descendants so i'm just saying has there been some resentment it's only been 50 years has there been some resentment passed down like because rogar is i he is prideful he is constantly trying to marry his brothers into the royal oh yeah he's grasping yes yes he wants he wants royal affiliation absolutely and i do wonder and i i i agree with joe magician on this that there is potential prideful resentment that though they are an offshoot of the royal family no one treats them as such. And I'd say that they are viewed lower than, say, the Valarians or uh, and other people, uh, Hightowers, for example, or other richer families in the realm be up before the... And, and maybe I'm wrong on that one, but I just think... I, I feel like I smell a rat. I'm smelling a rat here. I, that I agree that they're grasping, I and, I, and I don't think there. you're wrong that it probably comes from these blood ties. But I think I think that's Rogar mm. saying I deserve better because of this. I don't I don't think that it's Westeros anyone in Westeros agreeing with him or anything like that. Like it's like you're you're mm. you know in this culture, you're a bastard offshoot of the royal family. And if anything, that's almost more disgraceful than being a lower a lesser lord. Right, because you're technically a bastard offshoot, so even that would have connotations. So maybe he's trying to prove something, you know, more than mm. I'm worth this royal blood. Or trying to shed the Baratheons of that sort of, you know, bastard affiliation. Maybe, maybe I just, I kind of agree, but I just take it one step further that I think, I think it's interesting, and we'll see it. And I would, I want to mention this again in the spoiler mm-hmm. section that there is so much so many more examples of this throughout history of 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 the baratheons grasping i feel having a kind of resentment of the targaryens mm-hmm. um dot 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and i and i do wonder if there is has over time has someone resented like maybe oris wasn't but maybe his son was resentful like why are we not hanging out in King's Landing all the time? Why are we For me, riders? I think what, that Rogar is resentful because he feels like he's owed because he kept Jaehaerys safe as a youth from Magor and he stood against that. So I think he's owed... But I don't think it's a... just that. I think he feels he's owed that and also is a bit like, well, hang on a minute. My family is related to your family. I think... Why, why are we not intermarrying? Isn't... 
you, you know, why are you marrying brother to sister there, but not cousin and, and half brother and half? Right. You know, I think he's, he's. I think he I, feels entitled in a Jasper Tudor way, where Jasper Tudor is the one who sat Henry Tudor, Henry the Seventh, on the throne. That's how. That's how I view Rogar. Jasper Tudor was not super uh, entitled, but I think that that's who the sort of the relationship mm. where he sort of you know raised and kept him safe for a time. That's kind of the the parallel that I think we're supposed to see. I also think Jaehaerys has a lot of mm. um, Henry the Seventh tones to him as well. Yes, yeah, I agree. Um, I, we're going to have to agree to disagree, and maybe when we get into the spoiler section, I will persuade you to the correct way of thinking <laughs> that the Baratheons are. Uh, I think they're prideful and wanting to get more on an equal keel with the. Tigers. I don't disagree I with that, that point overall. I just to... disagree with the fact that they should that that Rogar would. F- I, I don't know. I think Rogar is a prideful man. I don't know that it came mm. from you know, comes from being, you know, descended from Targaryens because we know what, what, um, how Westeros views bastards. It is interesting though, the theme of bastards as well in this particular chapter with, with Rogar and the Baratheons. Mm. And then you have John Quill Dark, mm-hmm. who is literally adjacent to the queen and protecting yeah. her. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But she's not got a bastard name. She doesn't have a bastard name. You're right. But she does have. I mean, they, it's clear that she's a bastard. They they lay it right out. Where where the yeah, Baratheons, yeah, they don't even talk yeah. about it anymore. It's like it doesn't exist. They are just their own existence now. Mm. So. But that's why I think it's the pride. They like we won't talk about the fact that we are the bar. We are just equal now because we've got a fancy name, and you've got a fancy name, and blah blah blah. Yeah. Uh, Alyssa herself was fearful. Why was she fearful? Because she was in a geriatric pregnancy. <laughs> but also the last babe she had born to King Anus little girl Viola had died in the cradle and she said I cannot suffer that again oh my god it literally breaks my heart it would rip my heart apart yeah it's awful I just can't the whole thing I think they do it really well on House of the Dragon they really illustrate just how dangerous a woman's life is giving birth just seriously fucking dangerous. It is. It's terrifying. Uh, birth I, uh, have you read the Outlander series? No. So there's... Um, I've seen some of it on the telly. There's a bit where um, Claire's... Claire, one of the main characters' daughter is pregnant. And she mm-hmm. is... Um, she's like in the past. So she's in like the 1800s. And she's terrified of giving birth. She just keeps saying to, mm. to her mom, like... like Because yeah. obviously they know the difference, right? And she just keeps... She's like, mom, don't let me die. Mm-hmm. Don't let me die. I'm going to die. She was so afraid of dying in childbirth. Mm-hmm. I know. So. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. There was a queen, I can't remember which queen. One of the queens who was in labour for like two oh weeks. Imagine. I did 17 hours with Thor and that was plenty. I was in labour th- for three days with uh, the, my eldest Summer. Oh my god, three days. Uh, three days. And then I had an emergency C-section. No. So... No, no thanks. thanks. No thank you. But luckily, the baby came and it was robust, big health, big and healthy, big red-faced boy with a fuzz of jet black hair. And it says, and a squall that could be heard from dawn to the wall. That's a nice rhyme. A squall from dawn to the wall. And they named their son Borimund. Little baby Borimund. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was saying to my friend earlier this week, I can't remember what the name was now, but I'm like, can you picture just having this wee little baby? 
<laughs> the sweet little tiny cute little thing and being like oh Boromond you're so cute just like it's just not a cute little fluffy name I can't remember what the name was that I was saying that but no about. it's not but it's like a man's name it's a real like yeah man exactly name. that's why it's Boromond yeah, that's why it's funny does he have a yeah. no he doesn't have a brother Boromond does he no 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 and then unfortunately though it says the gods so we're talking about birth death and betrayal in this chapter and we see some births and we've seen some betrayal yes. and now for a the first death sadly a little bit after Alyssa had a baby her daughter Alisan also gave birth to a son and she named him Egon to honor both the conqueror and her lost and most lamented I brother, forgot all about the him Crown Prince Egon <laughs> did you I was like Who? Egon. Oh, oh yeah, guy. I know. She had a brother. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. She was married to Raina. Her most lamented brother. How sad is that? Because she had that other brother who was like butchered by yeah. Magor. <laughs> that guy gets nothing. Let's not, let's not talk about that one. Let's don't name him after that one. Oh, no, don't do that one. But the baby was born too early and he died three days after uh, giving birth. That's very That's sad. Very That's sad. awful. And also Queen Alisan nearly died as well. She did. Yeah. Oh, like, honestly, I feel ill thinking about, about the grief, like, what it must be like to to give birth to a baby who then dies. I, I know, know people who've had that situation, yeah. and it is, yeah. it's just it's awful. awful. These, these scenes really do remind me of Emma in the show. And when it, yeah, Al- yeah. Alyssa talking about her fear, I cannot suffer that again, reminds me of Emma talking to mm-hmm. Viserys mm-hmm. in the bath, saying, I can't, this is my last, like, if this doesn't work out i'm not doing it again yeah mm, i know and just the pressure like i know that the royals all these royals have so much money and blah blah blah. although jaharis has none but although he does live in a massive yeah. fucking I castle mean, yeah. so he's way better off yeah. than a lot of people um <laughs> but still the, the the fact that women are just they're just vessels i know like this is your job there to produce, produce as yeah. do your yeah. job even in downton abbey yes. okay i don't I know did. if you've watched downton abbey um lady mary when she finally gives birth the first thing she says to her husband to her husband is we've done our duty yeah, yeah. <laughs> but fuck. but she would Not, hey meet but she son. would say that because she was Jesus. the heir and he was the heir and now they have a I know. Heir, so, I know i know yeah. i know and she had to say that but honestly it's like they're so depressing like i've had to have this child i've had to and i've done my duty yeah. and of course she uh Alice, Alison, uh, forever after blamed her son's death on the woman who attacked her at Maidenpool because she wasn't she wasn't able to bathe in the waters of Jonquil's pool. And if she had done, she thinks Prince Egon would Why didn't she just get in the water? Well, it was probably full of blood at that point. Like, it's not... It's like, maybe the moment's gone. She's like, the moment's gone. I'm too stressed <laughs> to get me out of here. I'm terrified. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she was traumatised and terrified. Like, I don't know how they would deal with that. Like, if there was blood in that, if it's meant to be sacred waters, how do they clean it probably out? Probably not the first person to bleed in there. It's supposed to have healing properties, so it's probably not the first person yeah, to Yeah, true. Do. There is a point in the future, which I won't mention much because of spoilers, well, we save it for later. where two other characters go there and it is full of other stuff. Yeah. And I do wonder how they go about... What do they do to make the water sacred again? How do you holify them? Yeah. Just don't know. But that's about the halfway point. Mm-hmm. So at this at this juncture, we might want to say uh, a big thank you to our patrons mm-hmm. at iSpiders level. 
Do you want to say thank you or shall I say the you thank say you? You say thank you. But there's there's no might about okay. it. We definitely say okay. a big thank you to them. We definitely want to. A huge thank you to our Ice Spiders patrons. Uh, we have Emily of the Eerie. Thank you very much. Uh, Mr. J, the red shirt and black. The King Beyond the Wall. Scad. And last but never least, Julie Beth of Tarth. Thank you so much. Uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. All that to you as well. And also thank you to the thank Patreons you so that much. we don't um, say by name. We appreciate yes. every single one of you. Um, yeah. We love you. Yeah, thank you're you. all special. Yes. Thank you. We'll say a cheers to everybody and their holiday plans, their festival thingies. Cheers. Um, anyway, back, back to, to the story. story. Yes. Back to the story. We move again. We're moving, we jump around quite a bit. Jump up, jump up and get down. And we jump around to Dragonstone now. We do. Now get yourselves, get yourself ready. Okay, I need you to... If you're listening to this, can you just close your eyes and I want you to imagine yourself in quite a dark, dank, grey place with maybe quite an eggy smell, sulfurous, volcanic kind of egg smell. She paints a romantic picture. Yeah. Where it's not, you know, the Red Keep, Alisan has, you know, made it pretty and there are uh, court jesters everywhere and fools and musicians playing and it's light and airy and fun take yourselves to the opposite of that to where it's discontented grey dark probably kind of cold a bit smelly with the old eggy volcanic smell <laughs> and we're going to go to Dragonstone <laughs> um, where Discontent, it says discontent lay heavy. I, I just can see mists, mists and just, uh, do you know what I mean? Like a mist. dark. I don't know what dark, you just, just described as like know, my worst nightmare of a bathroom. So let alone a whole castle like this. Yeah. And it's cold and like the, the fog gets into your skin. Like all of your clothes maybe feel a little bit damp. So that's where Raina is having been given Dragonstone. She wanted it, so it can't on. actually be this stinky. She wanted it. <laughs> no, but it doesn't sound like it is the happiest. It does seem a bit gloomy. It does. I love that we just talked about festive things and now we're here discontentedly heavy on Dragonstone. <laughs> yeah, uh, it doesn't sound like it's as fun or crowded as King's Landing. So Jaehaerys has let her stay there. She can have it. It's not. She can't have a kingdom of her own. She can have uh, a place to stay, and she's got Dragonstone. But it's not the happiest of places. It's not. Um, people do seek her out. She's still got her court there. So people do want to go see her, because she's the queen in the mm-hmm. east. But it says many of her visitors were received coldly, and others turned away without an audience at all. Why do you think she is not welcoming to people? I think Lena has, like you know, worked through Christmas and just doesn't want to see people anymore. (laughs) She's like, like, I've done retail through Christmas and I'm fucked off with all of you. Yeah. I think that she's, she's had to do her part. She doesn't, you know how like Alyssa and Alisanne both have that, um, they're queenly and they do their duty and da 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 Mm. duty. Mm -hmm. I'll say, Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> you said duty. I did say duty on purpose, <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> they do those things, and, and maybe they kind of enjoy it a little bit. They feel that there's something mm. fulfilling in it. Raina doesn't have that. And so she is, yeah. Raina's a lot like me. This is why I like her. She is just no bullshit. She's not faking an orgasm. She's not going to pretend she wants you there. She is just... But she's also is a queen, and part of her job is to fucking see people. But that's just because she was born to do that, not because she actually wants to. She She's not a... She's a... She's a yeah. As what did Jahari say? She's a queen by... Queen by right or, or something, not but not a queen by title, but not by yeah, right or something. One of those. She's not the queen. She's was just a queen. She's a, yeah. I just don't think it's a particularly great idea. She's not being so. Her daughter Erea, mm-hmm. uh, which comes up quite a bit in this bit that we're talking mm-hmm. about, is the heir to the throne. Yes. She is supposed to be teaching Erea how to behave like a queen. Right how to receive people, what to do. She wanted her daughter there. But as it says, it literally in the next paragraph, um, the reunion with the, with her daughter had not gone well. The princess had no memory of her mother and the queen no knowledge of her child, nor any fondness for the children of others. I mean, to be fair, I'm like that too. <laughs> um, Araya had loved the excitement of the Red Keep with lords and ladies and envoys from queer foreign lands coming and going, knights training in the yards, singers and mummers and fools capering by night, and the clangour and colour and tumult of King's Landing just beyond the walls. She had loved the attention lavished on her as heir to the throne as well. People had praised her, loved her, vied for her favour. She'd been the leader of a pack of young girls, both high and lowborn, and in this words, who had terrorised the castle. Mm-hmm. Dragonstone is quiet, it's dull, it's sleepy. I think it most importantly, much there's no on. one there her age. No, there's no one there her age, and she's not even allowed out. So I think get the impression she was... Well, obviously she hid in King's Landing in that stable mm. for a bit. But seems that she's had lowborn and highborn friends. Seems she was allowed yeah, out. Yeah, she had freedom. And it doesn't sound she like she's actually allowed out the castle. And it's just... It's kind of like, what are you doing, Raina? You've asked for your daughter, and yet you're not being a particularly... I, I love Raina. I love her. But I can't, I'm, I get to a point where I'm like, I realise you've had enough of people. I get this. Mm-hmm. But your daughter is the heir to the throne. Like, uh, you, and, and also you've asked for her to be there and yet you're kind of like, you're not allowed to leave. We're not going to do anything fun. I'm not that interested in you. I don't really get you. What is she doing? Yeah. Like, what are you doing, Raina? Like, what's your plan? Yeah. I don't... And we criticise the way the maester wrote it in the last chapter with how, you know... And that's why I do wonder, is it written this way on purpose? Yeah. I feel like it's not just a suggestion of badness. This is like all out... Because that that seems almost like all out criticism. I feel like usually when the maester's being a bit of a knob, usually when the maesters are kind of making shit up, they're a bit more, it's a bit more of a suggestion. Mm-hmm. It's a bit more of a kind of, and some people said she was actually a witch or some, it was known or some people thought and blah, blah, blah. This is outright saying Raina took no interest in her daughter and wasn't welcoming to any guests, often didn't receive people, had held a very dull court. Like, it sounds like she's, like, I'm interested. And as we see, she's interested in basically Alyssa and, sorry, Alyssa Farman. Mm-hmm alone almost single-mindedly to the point of ignoring I don't know her if daughter I, ignoring her I don't court. know if I would agree with that she has a full court of people she has favorites she has people that she cares about which we learn about a little later in the chapter but not much but, but she's not it's not like she's like let's 
turn this into a nice fun place. No, no, Let's no. But I just meant things I'm, my I'm, children. Would I don't like. think it's fair to say she was only obsessed with Alyssa. I think that she had a lot of people that she was close to and 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 favored. I think that she underestimated. It's funny because Reina was the person who wanted her favorites with her always when she was growing up, and here's Aria, mm-hmm. uh, Aria with nobody there that she cares about or that she can connect to and Raina's yeah. like well too bad but but I just think I think it's over critical I think that I think that the maesters mm. the maesters have all the way through this book painted her as just a terrible absent mother because she didn't know her children growing up I don't area well no she, only eight only eight years she's only eight years that she's not known her daughter yeah and that's quite that's quite very, common for Westeros. Yeah, but this is very developmental years. So to ask for her back now, I I wonder a little bit about it. Like, why did she want her to come with her in the first place? I don't think she ignored her. Mm. I just don't. I think that she didn't humor her, and I think those are two very different things. Um, well, I don't know. It says here, her mother was a stranger to her, sometimes stern and sometimes shy, much given to brooding. And the women who surrounded her seemed to take little interest in Aria. The only one who warmed to her was Alyssa Farman of the Fair Isle. Yes. And even when Alyssa herself was becoming less happy on Dragonstone and used to talk about the wide western seas and spoke of returning to them, Princess Aria would ask her, she'd say, take me with yeah. you. I don't, doesn't sound like a happy place. No. No matter whether you're saying it's because Rain has been through a lot or or... Is it as bad as you think? That just doesn't sound like... Even Alyssa is... It's just not enough. There's something, to me, there's something gloomy and wrong about Dragonstone. And I think, we could talk about it in the spoiler section, that is a running theme, that Dragonstone is just not... It's not the place you want to be to, to make the happiest of lives for people around you. Interesting. I guess I just think of it as people, <laughs> Reina has this um, quality about her where she's lived such a traumatic life that she really wants to just shut away. But I think because she's been through what she's been through and her desires are to shut away, she wants to keep all the people that she loves shut away with her. And she's not letting them mm. express what they, who they are and what their needs are. Her uh, needs are to shut away. Alyssa and her, and or, I can't say her name very well. I keep wanting to say Aria, uh, Araya. Their needs are <laughs> yeah. to be free and to soar. But Reina is mm-hmm. is you know PTSD traumatized, and she knows what happens mm. for her when you go out and you leave, and you know the dangers that are out there and the way people treat you, and and she just doesn't mm. she doesn't get what their needs are because hers are so different from theirs. No, that's how I see that. I know, and I. I do really feel for Raina and I love her. I love her so much and I can completely understand where she's coming from because I feel, I recognise a lot of myself in her being quite antisocial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Like right. wanting to leave yeah. the world behind a lot. But also I, I've left, I'm just left a little bit dry here. I'm just kind of, I do feel like this is something extra special and different from just being a bit, and maybe it's because she's been through so I just much. Think she's, she's been just through so to keep much. Everyone I mean, that woman has had such a life. She's yeah. Mm, I... But it seems almost cruel, like to say, "I want my daughter to be with me," but I'm kind of going to ignore her, and I'm not going to have any friends that are her age around. Yeah, that her. stuff and... confuses me a lot. I I 
it just doesn't make any sense to me. Mm. Yeah. Because there's obviously going to be kids on that island where, like, there's, there's they have, there's mm. other families well, there, there and there's it's servants and stuff. Yeah, so yeah. Has- but she's not allowed to play with them. I know, and that's you know? insane to me. That doesn't make any sense. Especially for Raina, who did have favorites and needed I do socialization of her own. Not like, I think it was the maester who, in the last chapter, said something like, and this is why what happens with Araya happens, mm-hmm. which we'll get onto later. It's not yeah. quite, we're not quite no, there yet. Yeah. I don't think it's all Raina's fault. No. I think a lot of the... Like, Araya has been spoilt mm-hmm. quite clearly by mm-hmm. the court of King's Landing. Mm-hmm. The one thing that... This this is going to come up in a minute anyway, so I'm going to talk about it, is they <laughs> they talk about how King's Landing was lovely and, and everything, and she had all these things and all the... You know, enjoyed all of this as the heir mm-hmm. to the throne. Well, the Red Keep. But she wasn't going to be the heir yeah. for long. And so no, she not she never got to have or she never she wasn't in King's Landing to experience the letdown mm. of what would have happened as soon as the mm. air was born. Mm. Right? Mm. So she has all these really fond yeah. memories of this stage in her life and she thinks if she goes back it'll just be that way. But Harry's and Alison are going to mm. make mm. heirs. They already have they touch mm. on it in a, in a minute. She was really upset on those days where she learned that she wasn't the heir anymore. So I think that there's yeah, a big entitlement yeah. in in Araya. There is definitely, and I think I think that is more why she does what she does in the end. Mm-hmm. Get yourselves excited, listeners! Mm-hmm. Something exciting is going to happen. Not in this particular podcast episode, though. <laughs> Not in this particular section, but it's coming up. Yeah, something big is going to happen. Lots of big stuff happens. Yeah, lots of big stuff happens. Yeah. Although, so Dragonstone wasn't all that, but it did. It says it did have one thing that King's Land Landing largely lacked dragons more dragons were being born every time the moon turned on dragonstone or so it seemed now here's something interesting the eggs that dreamfire had laid on fair isle had all hatched once on dragonstone and reina said to her daughter choose one and make him yours so i think it's interesting we get a bit of dragon law here we do that the dragon eggs didn't do nothing on fair isle yeah. but the minute they get to dragonstone yeah. Here we go. I was going to talk to you about that because you have a we get you have that theory about um, you know how the Targaryens maybe didn't want uh, Reyna to marry a farman or anyone outside of a Targaryen mm-hmm. house because that would yeah. give other houses in Westeros access to dragons. But if they didn't hatch, mm. if they didn't hatch, well, that's the thing. I think, and we'll see later on in this chapter that the Targaryens themselves are not entirely sure how it all works. No, they don't know. Yeah. Valeria's gone. They so don't know. The, the, any of the bookkeeping would be gone. Yeah. Yeah, the bookkeeping, the records. <laughs> uh, and it's such a shame. So I think they are, they're not totally up on up, up on the up about no. it. But I think, George, again, George is very purposeful and he's giving us information here, which is really important, that dragon eggs don't just hatch anywhere. Mm-hmm that you need certain things, you need ingredients. And one of the ingredients seems to be something about Dragonstone. If it's the volcano, is it? Is it the heat it's, of the volcano? And it's not just Targaryen blood, obviously, because Reyna had been with them the whole time on Fair Isle. No. And they didn't hatch. No. But maybe mm. maybe that's because she's already bonded to a dragon. Like, we just don't know how that works. So that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, no. But I, I made me think. Uh, we can talk about it more in the spoiler section. It made me think about the lore mm-hmm. of like Storm's End or the Wall. We'll talk more about the Wall probably in a later chapter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But the building of Storm's End, for example, 
and how there's magic and stuff in there. So we'll talk about that in the spoiler section. But it's very cool. It's it's. I love that George is kind of sticking that in there. So we were a bit like, oh, this is how it works, eh? Mm-hmm. You know. So she told her daughter to go and choose a dragon, make it yours, and one day you will fly. And there were lots of them. So she'd already known Vermithor and Silverwing from her time in the Red Keep. Um, apparently there were so many dragons though. There were older ones in the yard. And then there were wild dragons that has escaped and made their lairs in hidden caves. There must have been so many dragons everywhere. Again, that becomes important. Mm-hmm. As we're going to see in House of the Dragon Season 2. Lots of dragons. Dragons. And then she had her mother's dream fire. But then... Also on Dragonstone was Balerion and Vagar. It says that they were huge and ancient and sleepy, but still terrifying when they woke and stirred and spread their wings. My God, it would be so scary, wouldn't you? Be like, la 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 la, and then there's Balerion, the Black Dread. Right. <laughs> like, just woke up from a sleep and is a bit hungry. Like, shit, your pants. Like, <laughs> how did the people on Dragonstone in the village, like in the villages on Dragonstone? Like live with that. Just live well, with it. Well, these... I guess there comes a point where Don't know. you kind of just are used to it, especially you just get used to it. I think. But it is an issue of like, how do you feed a dragon? What do you feed? Because they worried about that on Fair Isle, and there's so many. What What if the dragons burnt? Do, do dragons accidentally burn people from time to time? Totally. Or... But but don't forget. I don't know if this is like this is at least in the show of like House of the Dragon. They had the sort of dragon people, the people in the dragon pit who worked with them. They spoke Valerian to them. So I wonder where mm-hmm. if that was a, a um, Dragonstone custom, yeah. and then they moved over once the Dragon Pit was completed, and mm. had some there too. Maybe. Um, but I feel like probably mm. they fed them fish and stuff on Dragonstone. How many fish does it take to feed a dragon? That sounds like a stupid joke. Big fish, a big tuna like, or a marlin or something. Which a few of those really big ones. Valerian would need to have like twenty thousand of them, surely. Yeah, but it, but as they get older, they probably eat a little less. Mm. Maybe. You know how old people get. Yeah. You know, they'll just have one meal a day. And of course, um, Aria had loved her horse and her hounds and friends, but on Dragonstone, the dragons became her friends. And her only friends, really, apart from Alyssa Farman. Which is quite sad. And she began to count the days of, of, until she could mount one and fly far, far away. Mm-hmm. Which is really sad. It is really sad. That's a sad state of affairs that your daughter is just desperate to, to leave. fly away from yeah. you and leave. Yeah, she's not happy there. I wish Raina just listened better to people. She just gets very mm. sick. Yeah, it's just sad. To leave her it's mom. a sad situation. She's obviously not happy there. Yeah. Yeah. And then we, and then we jump back. We're back again. We're back. In... Back to King Jaehaerys, who finally, in 52 AC, goes finishes that the progress he was going to make in the Vale of Arryn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. And he goes to Goldtown, Runestone, Redfort, Longbow Hall, Hart's Home, and the Gates of the Moon, before flying Vermithor up to the Giant's Lance in the Eyrie, just like Queen Visenya had done. Yes. It's been a long time since there'd been a dragon up there. And Queen Alessand did go with him for a bit, but not all of it, because she was still recovering from, from her, her awful birth of Aegon. Yeah. But she did do a big old betrothal of Lady Prudence Seltigar to Lord Grafton of Goldhound. So that's pretty cool. That is cool. Like, because Prudence was one of the ones who was tried to be sold off to Magor and other people. 
the previous she, was she I think this was was this a one like a reward for her maybe yeah, Prudence. It was Prudence Seltigar who was stabbed in the shoulder. Look at that. If you so offer I think this her is to the right, saying, if, if the deal is made between the right people instead of just pawning off your daughters to anybody, yeah. they could yeah. maybe have a match. Yeah. Please. So it sounds like she's got a nice match and she maybe is going to have a lovely life, I hope. Hopefully. And she did do more women's courts and in Gulltown at the Gates of the Moon, but what happened at these ones changed the laws in... in uh, the Seven Kingdoms. Yes. So these women's courts weren't just sort of lip service, no matter what the maesters say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> these are important, and Alisan would take what she'd learned and tell Jaharis about it and say, this needs to change. Men oft speak today of Queen Alisan's laws, yes. but this usage is sloppy and incorrect. Her grace had no power to enact laws, <sighs> issue decrees, make proclamations, or pass sentences. It is a mistake. It is a mistake to make her as we might speak of the conqueror's queens. The young queen wielded essentially she wielded influence over Jaharis, but she couldn't do fuck all herself. And it makes me want to punch the maester in the face yeah. because you can't tell me that she didn't have power to make laws when a power when a, a law was no. made because she wanted it. So mm-hmm. no, she couldn't sign the documents, but it was her her doing. It it does feel like as time goes on. And the Targaryens kind of compromise more towards Westerosi society and the faith of the Seven that they lose some of their Valyrianiness, whereby the the queens have as equal a place as the kings yeah. on the throne. And so this is one example. There's another one that we will come to in about a second, uh, like a few minutes, where Queen Alysanne helps rule while Jaehaerys is off on another progress. Yeah. But she doesn't sit the Iron Throne, she sits on a chair below it. Yeah. Whereas when Aegon the Conqueror had been away Visenya doing stuff, Rhaenys and Visenya would sit in the throne and rule yeah. from the throne. Yeah, it's interesting in this because I feel like that is, it's Alysanne taking away her own power. Like, I dislike it a lot. Is she, or was she was she allowed that power? What, who could stop her if from she, just sitting on the throne? Well, I'm just wondering if Jaharis was not into it, you know? Maybe. Because I do get the impression, as we go along, that he's the misogynist one, not her. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I, but I also and think And I wonder that if this is a compromise she, she has to she come just up with and be like, yes, She just trusts him so implicitly that she just accepts mm, the place no, I don't know. him. Instead of questioning. Do you know the film My Big Fat Greek Wedding? I haven't seen it in a very long time. Oh, my God, it's such a good film. Um, there's a bit where... Uh, I think it's the main character, Tula. Obviously, I love this film. I see it all the mm-hmm. time. Uh, she wants to go to back to college and learn some stuff. And I think computers. She wants to do computer studies or something. And the dad... Obviously, she works in the family business and the dad would definitely say no. But the women of the family come together and say, we don't tell them what we want. We make them think it's their idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and And it's... And it's awful that misogyny still exists in that way, but it's kind of like, I, I do, and I think our listeners may get the impression, as time goes on with Jaharis, he has some quite misogynist points of views mm-hmm. about women. He does. That I don't think Alisan has, that I know Alisan has not got, because they argue about these things. But I think... But then why doesn't she just sit in the chair? He's not there to stop her. But the other people will tell on her. There are courtiers. Oh, no. 
I don't know. I, I don't know. I kind of agree with you, but I'm also a bit like, I don't want to blame her for it. I don't think she's the misogynist one in this relationship. No, I don't think too. she's misogynist. He's I don't, the problem. I'm not saying I'm blaming her for it. What I mean is mm. I feel like she, I don't blame is not the word that I would use, but I do feel like she sidesteps her own authority mm. a lot of the time to defer to Jahari's. Like she allows that in a way. When, when she mm. is, I think that she has opportunity, a lot of it, to, to be viewed as an equal. She sort of gives way to not mm. be. I do. I don't know. I think we talked about it in the um, in a Patreon episode. Mm-hmm, we talked about but how I, I, don't I like think her she's much. doing what she can. No, she's doing... Well, mm. <laughs> you don't like the world that she's in, is really what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Because what she's doing is what she can. But she can get up and sit in the chair if he's not there. But you've think of she. It's not gone. Egon, Rainey's, and Visenya, and then Jaehaerys and Alysanne. There have been people in between, and that has shaped the ruling. If you think about Aenys and I Alyssa, actually don't Alyssa was think much that it's the traditional. people in between that shaped the ruling. I think it's it's what's happened outside of mm. the Red Keep that shaped. But Alyssa, it. Alyssa, Alyssa is a much more traditional. Woman. Alyssa was a more traditional, and woman, I think but she, Alyssa, wasn't as involved in politics. Right? Yeah, because she was a much more kind of it's a woman's place to shut the fuck up. Well, yeah, maybe, but she also got her son seated on the throne and, you know, overthrew, tried to overthrow. But that, I think it's like, um, oh, there's a character who in future books talks about being brave and having courage, but it's a woman's kind of courage. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you end up having. And if you're living in a misogynistic world, and I think, I think that did seep in, from the minute the Targaryens landed on the throne, I think it seeped in because of Westerosi culture is much more misogynistic than I, than I think the Valyrian culture is. I think that's probably accurate. And I think, it's see- I think it leaked into them. and But it's interesting to me because not long before Visenya ruled sort of with Megor, Megor didn't have a queen really. Like he had so many queens. He didn't have any of them involved in politics. Mm. He was No, he didn't. Really... So, that's, so that's the start of it disappearing. And then of course you also think Alyssa much more traditional. The Valerians are much more established, although they're a Valerian house, they are an established Westerosi house more than the Targaryens ever were. The Targaryens were separate for a long time and they I think they've got maybe more Westerosi culture. I, I, I think over time it's evolved for that sort of women take a back seat thing. And by the time Alisan is on the th- is the queen I don't necessarily agree. I think she should just own her own power and say, look, I'm a Targaryen queen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sit on the Iron yeah. Throne. But I think she is trying to be wise. And again, it's the politics. She's good at the politics and the optics and going, I want people to accept me as the wife, even though I'm the sister, sister wife, blah, blah, blah. I want people to accept me. So I'm not going to push the envelope on everything I'm not going to demand that I am also seen as equal and that because people are just going to push back and push back and we're going to end up with more war. Because what? Because it's hard enough that they are, obviously they married brother to sister and they're having babies. That was already not going to be accepted. So what they what did they do? They didn't bring Alisan with Jaehaerys when he first landed in King's Landing. She stayed behind mm-hmm. and he sorted shit out so that when she got there, the situation would be better. Yes, And I think... They're trying to work out how to rule while she still gets a voice and still gets a say and I and and she gets to have some power, but not in a way that threatens the lords and 
the maces and the septons and but I think this all is, these this men is what I don't who like would be about threatened it, by... To be honest. And, and, I don't like and it either. I'm just saying do that she's that doing Allison what she can. can just say, she's in a position to say, well, we're already making these changes. What's one more? Fuck it. I'm your equal. You know, you're my king and, and I'm she your does king eventually and I do. and she, get and she like does that. kind of do a little bit of that. And we'll, I mean, we'll get there it's a, later on. But but she mm. she uses yeah. her, you know, but by then it's too mm. late. Jaharis is already a stubborn misogynist and there's no I'm not for her. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm saying that this is what they've obviously decided to do, I think. I don't know. And I don't like it. But they've I think they've sat down and thought carefully about should I also sit the iron throne? And I bet you Jaharis fucking loved it when she was like, I don't think it would be wise for me to do that. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think you shouldn't. I think it would be bad. I think you should leave it to me. Thanks, babe. Yeah. And I think he loves it because I just, I think his his attitude to women stinks. Apart from occasionally when he listens to her on occasion, like in the law that she advises him on about what is called the widow's law. Pretty much she, I she mean, says, let's be like, realistic these... though. Pretty much she said, this is going to happen. I'm typing it up. You're signing it. So she did have power. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> just to say. And I think certainly it seems to be as they get older, he becomes much more set in his ways and is a bit more of a butthead. Yes. Yeah. And maybe in these early years it was easier. But this is just the maester sort of putting her down and putting down her power and I don't like it. Anyway. But the, 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 the law that she helps with yes. is to do, it's called the widow's law. Yes. So it says it was not uncommon for a man to outlive his wife, the wife of his youth, because men often perish on the battlefield but young women in the birthing bed. So in times of peace, men outlive their wives. Oh, can't turn the page. And then they would have a second wife mm-hmm. whose children... Who, and the first... The, the children of his first marriage might resent her and the heirs could get rid... So once the man has died, the heirs could get rid of the wife and be like, you're not going to live here anymore. This is the, the part of the plot of... Jane, uh, Jane Austen's Sense and Sensibility um, it is the main kind of cause of the story in that this man has got his second family mm-hmm. but because of the laws of the kingdom it all goes to his firstborn son who then throws the second family out of the nice big house like and, and then hijinks ensue yeah basically and so so they could get rid of the widow made basically making her poor um, and they might even get rid of any, if it's a lord's wife, get rid of her prerogatives, incomes, servants, and then she's basically, this is a little more than a border. I don't know what that is. A border, like, like a renter, like a... like a Somebody who just rents a place somewhere. Yeah. And has so no in 52 AC... Just sort of there. No, has no rights, basically. So in 52 AC, uh, King Jaehaerys mm-hmm, promulgated the widow's law basically reaffirming the right of the eldest son or eldest daughter, where there was no son, to inherit, but but requiring said heirs to maintain surviving widows in the same conditions that they had enjoyed before their husband's death. A lord's widow, be she a second, third or later wife, could no longer be driven from his castle, nor deprived of her servants' clothings and income. The same law, however, also forbade men from disinheriting their children by a first wife to bestow land, seat or property on a later wife or her children. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've just thought of something for the spoiler. Yeah, thing. I already uh, have that. I have that note too. <laughs> Probably the same yeah. one. And I've written Yes Queen because that is pretty shit. It's pretty shit. Mm-hmm. You've been married to this person and then boom, you're thrown out. So Alison has listened and gone, 
we need to change this. And Jaharis has sorted it out for her. So that's really good. Yeah. I'm really pleased. Good. good job. Well done. The the other thing going on in King's Landing was building, building work. Building, building, building. Building, building, building. And Jaharis wants to get down and dirty. He wants to sort out the dragon pit. But also, he's noticed that King's Landing is a shithole. Yep. But it always has been a shithole, so just for awful. clarity. Like, it always has been. Even when Aegon landed yes, there, it was Yes, but it's like becoming more so. Well, yeah, when, it, when there was nothing, it was a tiny fishing village when Aegon Yeah, but I mean, there. everything came up and so fast around Aegon. Yes, That's what I'm trying yes. to say. It kind of grew like a, like a, like a fungus yes. really quickly. Yeah. And it said that um, mantis and shops and hovels and rat pits springing up Ah, like mushrooms after hard rain, like I said. Um, The streets were close and dark and filthy, buildings so close to one another that men could clamber from one window to another. The wines coiled about like drunken snakes. Mud, manure and nightsaw were everywhere. Mmm, come to King's Landing. Come and see our nightsoil and mud and shit everywhere. Mm -hmm. Come and see the windy snakes. The the snaky wines, not the windy (laughs) snakes. You know, that's not a great advert for... King's Landing no. tourist board, is it? Nope. So he's like, I need to sort this shit out. He wants to knock it down and start again, but he can't because he, he doesn't have the money. And also that's like shit mm-hmm. to do that. So he widened some streets. He straightened them. He cobbled the grounds. He brought pulled down hovels and then put in a big square and put big trees up and... Yeah, like, he's turned dedicated it into a nice to infrastructure. Town, he's really working on bettering the kingdom, mm-hmm. being seen, letting yeah. his mark be seen, you know, making progress. Mm-hmm. It's important. And it was quite big, though, because these things, like, come up, if you read the later books, mm-hmm. these are roads that he's added in yeah. that become important in the story. Yeah. The King's Way, the God's Way, the Street of Sisters, Muddy Way. And he's doing stuff that will last for hundreds of years. But obviously... This costs money. You need to have money to be able to do this. And he hasn't fucking got enough, basically. And his master of coin, Rago Draz, mm-hmm. is the man who takes the, the the brunt of the blame because obviously he, he is not just the man taxing people, but he has the audacity to be foreign. Yes. He has the audacity to not worship the seven. Absolutely. And not only does he, is he for, he's really rich and he just likes to flaunt it to people. And he's like going to wear fancy clothes and he goes around in a golden palanquin and people are sure he's like stealing from the king. And he's like, I'm richer than the king. Why would I steal from the king? But he has the audacity to say that. (laughs) He has the audacity to say that. And he's, and and also did I mention that he's foreign and they really just aren't big fans of that. No, they're terrible. He is absolutely positively othered. It doesn't help that he's in a role that is not one to be favored. Like, no one would envy his role. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. being the person mm-hmm. who has to tax us. So even if even if it was like, this is a king's decree, Jaharis would be. Like, it's, it wouldn't be good no matter who it was. Oh, but no, no, it's no. especially that because yeah. it draws oh. as the, mm-hmm. the person that they can put the blame on. Yeah, it's yeah. terrible. Mm. So I, I actually was, one of the things it says in here is... Um, you said he didn't worship the faith of the seven. Uh, he had a he small household idol, like unto a woman great with child with swollen breasts and a bat's head. And I sounds like a harpy. I made the mistake of trying to look that up to see if it was a reference to anything. Yeah, I did that too. Did you look up bat's head? 
no. and then get the Urban Dictionary <laughs> description of what no. a bat's head is. What, what is a bat's head? A bat head? Do I want to look it up? I'm going to read it. I, I have it right here. Okay. A bat head. <laughs> when a blindfolded partner must locate and perform oral sex on their partner's respective genitals while emitting clicking noises or high-pitched screeches. What the fuck? <laughs> I was like, how? <laughs> I just had no idea. I was like, all right, the rest of it, the blindfold, whatever. But then they get to like the clicking noises and high pitched screeches. But then the screech and clicking noises. Sorry, I don't actually mean to really laugh. Weird. I'm really not a kink shamer. I just did not expect no. to find that. I'm not, I didn't. I was there. I was. I followed you. All I was like, okay, blindfolded. Yeah, yeah. Hmm, clicking and screechy noises. Okay, yeah, that's fair enough. It. But I was just like, I did not expect to come across that when looking up bat head idols. Um, so I didn't find anything mm. of actual no I relevance other than no. this uh, obscure sex act. Yeah. Yes. I one person I did see compared it maybe to the Egyptian goddess Tarawet, yes, who's the goddess of fertility. But I looked, I was like, no, no. she's a hippopotamus, and no. no. And then shit. I also looked up um, just bat idols, and, and, hit, and anyway, the Templars worshipped, uh, supposedly worshipped an idol called Bat Batadon. Batman. Yeah, it was Batman. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, nothing. I found it really, um, it piqued my interest that it said, um, they thought it was a mongrel, which you couldn't deny because all Pentoshi are part Andal, part Valyrian. I didn't really know that. I thought that they were Andalish or Essosian. I didn't think of them as Valyrian plus Andal. And I couldn't think of other people who are also that way, that they've got Valyrian blood. Obviously, they've been stock of slaves and older people mm. long forgotten and I just think it's quite like, oh, I didn't... I don't think of the Valyrians as mixing very much with anyone other than Valyrians. No. Well, yeah, obviously they did. They had slaves. They slept I mean, they slaves. did, because they've got loads of bastard children mm-hmm. everywhere, but still. Yeah. But he was a good master of coin. Even his enemies couldn't deny that he was pretty good at bringing in the money. He was. He was hard for the money. Do, 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 do. So hard for it, money. Well, he didn't really work hard for it. He just was like, I've fixed it. And he had all of his taxes, but now he imposed a new thing, a gate fee, so that anyone who enters or leaves the city has to pay a fee to go in or out. Yes. And if, depending on what you have, so if you had horses and donkeys and stuff, then that was more, and then uh, wagons and carts got even more taxes. So it makes land trade really, really, really yeah. difficult, right? Yeah really expensive and but then also because king's landing is like people in and out all the time Mm -hmm. it's like the busiest city so they're gonna make a ton and they did it brought in loads of money it was very lucrative Mm -hmm. but it made people it said it increased the grumbling against him tenfold yeah and i i find it really annoying because people want stuff and it's a tale as old as time people want stuff Mm -hmm. but they don't want to bloody pay for it So, well, how do you think you get the roads not full of night soil? How do you think you get protection from this or that or the other? How, I, I you have, mm-hmm. somehow this has to be paid for. And I, you know, like this has to happen. happen. And I, I don't know, I'm all for fair and good taxation because it fucking works. If you, if you want something to work, you know, yeah. you're going to have to pay yeah. for it. So, 
But that might have been excessive. Like one of the things that is, it may um, have felt excessive, com- like common in, especially because in- it's King's Landing again. It's it's the King's Landing people again who were having to pay. Yeah, for it. exactly. And so there's there's like historical things that that exists where like kings had to um, had a certain amount of things that were expected of them, right? Expectations, and a lot of it was was really mm-hmm. ludicrous stuff. Like if you want to actually be a king in modern world, you didn't have a dragon to say I'm your king. Shut up about it. So. Mm-hmm, they would throw mm-hmm. extravagant weddings and everything else that they actually couldn't afford and then they would tax the people for it. But mm-hmm. back then and in King's and then, Landing and, and all the way through the series, it's not like there's something like income taxes or anything like that that happens. No. So the king isn't making no. any money on the people no. living on his land like like we do with our no. government system and how we you know pay taxes yeah, to yeah, the government yeah. to have things like for us healthcare and stuff like that, right? So they didn't mm-hmm, they didn't mm-hmm. have any of that. So this is like pre-regulations no. of any of those things to actually make income on the people mm-hmm. that are under you. Um, so we get to, so we've had the taxi bits and then it says a long summer, plentiful harvests and peace and prosperity, both at home and abroad, helped to blunt the edge of the discontent. So they were annoyed about the taxes, mm-hmm. but things aren't so shit. Yeah. There's no wars happening. So they're okay so, with it. You know, people there's are no dying wars. left, right and The center. summer is going. It's yeah. off from Magor's rule. And then of course, Alisan had wonderful news and she was having a baby. Um, and she said no enemies are going to come near her. So they had made plans for second world progress. Mm-hmm. And Jaharis was like, I'll stay. No, I won't go. I'll stay here. And she's like, no, nope. you're going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he goes off on Vermithor to the Riverlands. He does. And he stays in Harrenhal as a guest of the nine-year-old lord, Magor Towers. Why at this point in history <laughs> would anyone name notes. their child... <laughs> Magor. Why is there a nine-year-old <laughs> child named Magor? And then it made me think of like people naming their kids like Donald after like Donald Trump. <laughs> oh god, I thought you said Donald Duck. Like, well, okay, if you want to name your child yeah, after Donald Duck, no. yeah, it is a bit. I mean, it would have been like to honor Magor yes. at the time, but like really, you didn't have to do that. No. But it just seems a bit like, do we want to honor him? But it just seems like don't call him after Magor. Oh, if you yeah. did, you'd be like, can I change my name back now? Can I have another Maybe it's a, I was going to say, maybe it's a bastard name? of Magor's, but since you can create children, that can't be. No. No, I think they probably did it to honour Magor the king. Oh yeah, I'm sure. And probably like, just, if we name our child Magor, just, he won't burn down Harrenhal again. Yeah. But it just seems like he's gone now. You can just have a different name. Just call yourself by a different name, babe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a good name. Yeah. So what's your middle Jason. name? Oh, it's, pub- it's Pubert. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Would you prefer Magor or Pubert? Yeah. Uh, exactly. Magor, probably. Exactly. Um, and he went to loads of places. River Run, Acorn Hall, Pink Maiden, Atranta. I was like, where the hell is Atranta? And I looked it up. It? And it is the house, House Vance, I believe, is Atranta. Mm. Let me just check it out. Atranta. That yes, it's House Vance in the Riverlands. I had no we idea. don't really ever hear very much about House Vance. No. Yeah, so there we go. Mm-hmm. So Atranta and the Stony Sept. And then Janice Templeton, who who was one of the ones who helped disrobe Jaharis at their wedding mm-hmm. at the bedding, mm-hmm. went and held the women's courts at River Run Stony Sept in her place. In Alice's place, yeah. So Janice Templeton. And I of course I hear because I last time I just kind of skipped over the Templetons, and I was like, "Tell me more about them." And they're quite interesting. 
It's quite a big thing that Janice Templeton has anything to do with a queen because they're not even lords, they are landed knights. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they're powerful, but they're not actually they're not actually a lordly uh, house at all. So to f- the fact that Janice Templeton, who you know, Janice Janice Tennis Templeton, mm-hmm. Tennis Gempleton, she is a handmaiden or a lady in waiting to Queen Alison. It's kind of like, how did you get from, yeah, like being not, you're not even like, I wonder how she picked that. Obviously, she picked people from different areas of Westeros to be her ladies in waiting. But it's just interesting, like, wow, like a landed, landed knight rather than, you know, knightly family rather than, and obviously, she trusted her enough to hold these courts as well. So that's, yeah, and she's obviously held in really high favor. Yes. That um, yeah, that she's the one who's going to be holding the women's courts, and this is when we get Alison remaining in the Red Keep, presiding over council meetings and holding audience from a velvet seat at the base of the Iron Throne. I'm wondering too if if even just the trauma of her last pregnancy, she didn't want to be near the blades of the throne. Like maybe it was a choice that wasn't uh, entirely political. Yeah, thinking that yeah, through yeah, with her pregnancy and stuff, it's possible. Mm mm. Or like, I can't walk up those stairs, I'm nine months pregnant, fuck that, because no. we've all been there. No, fuck that shit. Yeah. And also, it might stab her and kill yeah, her. Exactly. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. No, dangerous. All of the things. Uh, and we do another little jump around. Jump we around. We do, this is jump a fun up, jump, jump up around. And get we, down. we get introduced to this is a, fun. a prominent person. Like, it's just a random, like, random. ta-da-da-da. Yeah. It's very, like, take note of this name, It will be. they will be important yeah. later. Right? Yes. Yeah. And the name you need to take... Uh, note of is a child this is another across the gullet a gullet is the the river that's the part of the sea kind of out of blackwater bay mm-hmm. um i hate that word the gullet it's, it's not horrible. my favorite it's a sensible crass and it says another woman doesn't even name her <laughs> another woman was delivered of another child whose birth whilst less noted would in time become of great significance to the lands of westeros and the seas that lay beyond damon valerian's eldest son no. so damon valerian no who was no but we don't know his name okay. it's damon valerian who valerian sorry who is the not master of ships who is he see the hand of the king so he's hand of the king and his eldest son becomes a father for the first time mm-hmm. And they had a handsome, healthy boy called Corliss. And please remember Corliss Valarian. In fact, if you've watched House of the Dragon, you will know who Corliss Valarian is. Don't know. House of the Dragon, I think, has so far done him somewhat of an injustice, though. Ah, uh, yeah, I kind of agree. But I could talk about that for yes, ages. That's true. I could go on about that. But he is known better sometimes as the Sea Snake. So it's Corliss. So just take note that whilst Alisan is on the throne, the hand of the king has a grandson called Corlys Valarian. Yes. And and then we bounce away. We just have that little note. Little it's just like bloop yep. and then we bounce away. Yep. And then she has her own child, fifty three AC, mm-hmm. a strong, healthy girl she named Daenerys. Yes. And I think this is very sweet. The king was at Stony Sept when word reached him. He mounted Vermithor and flew back to King's Landing at once. He was like, yay, baby. I mean, she wouldn't have had a quick labor. Why wasn't he there? I guess it takes long for word to get to him. We don't know. More, she might have had a quick labor. The bigger thing is just know. getting the word to him Beth. more than him getting back, right? Yeah, 
It would have been a raven. It might have been a couple of days. Yeah, he can pop on a flight real quick um, to get back there once he knows about it. But getting him to know about it's harder. So he's flown back. He was a little bit disappointed it wasn't a boy, but sure. he's like, fine, fair enough. Was he, or did the maester just say he was? It, well, it says it hoped for another son to follow yes, him. Yes, but that's the maester's words. But it was plain he doted on his daughter. I know, that's true. That's the thing about this book. You just can't just trust any know. fucking thing it says. Yeah. You just don't know. Yeah. And the realm delighted in the little princess as well everywhere, that is. Save on Dragonstone. Yes. And we find out a little bit more about what's going on there. Because Dragonstone, they did not enjoy the information. They didn't. And this is kind of what I talked about all. before, where to this point, mm-hmm. for the most part, Arya just, or Arya just had been the heir. So she didn't yeah. She didn't ever really have to experience what it was to not be held with such regard. But it's one of the things when yes. you're a backup heir, like there's no way, I don't know if she believed that she, she just would be heir forever, but that, that was... Uh, that little that was the wool was pulled over her eyes mm. <laughs> and uh yeah yeah that little dream was ripped away and here well, she's, so she's young she's, she's only a young she's like eight years old yeah. she's young she probably doesn't even understand what's happening is she only it's not eight? like she's sitting there going everyone thinks eight. i'm yeah she's eight why do I think she's like, no but she might be 10 by say, now why do i think she's like because she was eight well but okay because she's eight when um rogar when uh jaharis is about to become within his majority in 16 and she goes into hiding aged eight. And then this is two years later, maybe three. So she might be 11. So yeah, so that's Thor's age. But, but very young, she's very young. And she reminds me a little bit of further on in the books of Sansa. That kind of, she she seems to be like, you don't know really at that age. You just think people are just being really lovely and nice to you. She won't be sitting thinking, everyone loves me because I'm the heir. She's young. No, she I know. know but, but I just feel like she, I don't know. It's naive and maybe, I don't know if Reyna let her be naive or maybe that was part of why Reyna took her back was saying like, you're not going to be heir forever and I don't, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want you to stay at court maybe. when you're not the heir because that changed. I don't know. But obviously favors come and go and when you're not the heir anymore, the way you're treated mm-hmm. is different than, than the way it is mm-hmm. when you are the heir. So maybe what Reyna did, even though I can't understand, I want to have my daughter, maybe she was trying to, in her weird way, protect her. From what would happen if you are not the heir yeah, anymore? That's, yeah, that's yeah, wouldn't that's what I mean. give a shit yeah. quite as much. But it's still a bit like I'm just gonna teach you about life's disappointments by taking you to a place that is deadly dull and doesn't have any children for you to play with. Not like I'm gonna soften the blow by giving you a happy, lovely life. Yeah, but we <laughs> don't like... we don't know Raina's intentions, <laughs> and we're only viewing this from the way the Maester no. is telling us. So I just think that's an important true thing to know. True. Oh, it literally does tell us here that she was 11 by this point. Yeah, it's not 11. So, yeah. Okay. And she had been the heir, apart from those three days that Prince Egon lived. It calls her a strong-willed, bold-tongued, fiery young girl. Araya delighted in the attention that came with being a queen-in-waiting and was not pleased to find herself displaced by the newborn princess. Yeah. She, I think the way they're trying to describe her reminds me of Veruca Salt in uh, Willy Wonka. <laughs> in the yeah, she reminds me of my daughter Loki. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. Really, it just makes me think of that when she sings that don't care how I want it now. Yeah, I don't. The, that's not how I film. feel with Aria or Araya. I um, I think of her as like just fierce and bold, and like another character okay. of her name later in the books, but with a little bit more entitlement than that. Okay, that's how I think of her. 
It's yeah. just sort of. But I think about like the, Alyssa mm. Farman. She sort of made of that same stuff. She just wants to be able to do her own thing. Oh, I suppose. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, she's maybe willful. She's wild. She likes to do her do things her own way. But she also is coupled with that sense of entitlement of I've been the heir for this long. Mm. And obviously, her mum says that her mum Raina shared the feelings, but didn't speak of it. Likely she shared. Just didn't these talk feelings. about it. Well, yeah, she like ah, that's true. Very important point. I think likely, important. thank you, Maesters. Yeah. No, it is. It is because that's the Maesters inferring again, again. putting their yeah. inferring. But but it does say she didn't speak of it even to her closest friends. Which friend. means she probably didn't. Um, she probably knew it was going to happen all along. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing that kills me about that those type of passages. She, she didn't. She literally told it to mm. nobody, but she likely felt this way. Well, she felt that way. She might have told mm. it to her closest friends. Anyway, it's just bullshit. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <clears throat> Patriarchy. And of course, it could. The one of the reasons why she didn't mention it could have been because there was already some shit going down on Dragonstone. Now, this is important. Yes. For what follows the next few episodes. Pay attention to the shit going down on Dragonstone. Mm-hmm. So there's a rift opening between her and Alyssa Farman, her beloved. This is like the woman of her dreams. She loves her so much. And things are not, it's not all, things aren't all good in Denmark, is what I should say, uh, or whatever it is. I'm misquoting Hamlet there. I can't remember what the actual quote is. <laughs> um, sorry, Scad will get annoyed at that. <laughs> no, he loves Hamlet. So. She wasn't... So, Alyssa Farman. She is the sister of Franklin Farman and Andrew Farman. Who, and Andrew Farman is Raina's husband. Raina's husband. Yeah. And Franklin is the Lord of Fair Isle who said... Basically cut her off yeah. because she went off with Raina. Yeah. So she doesn't get any incomes from Fair Isle. And she, so she's got no money of her own. So she And she's also, as we've talked about, a restless... Tree like, spirit. She... She's a free spirit. We've talked about her character before. She really embodies the words of her house, which is something, something, something. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I captured it there. Our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like I know quite a lot of random information about Fire and Blood, but for some reason, like wild is the wind or wind be my something. I have wind. Mm. I have wind. wind. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Oh my wind. god. Wind. She's something to do with wind. The wind sure our steed. The wind our steed. I told you it was something to do with wind. <laughs> so, so she's the embodiment of that. She has. It's, we've already established that she wants to sail. She's been on a boat more than she's ever on land. She wants the wind in her hair. She wants to sail free. Mm-hmm. She's an adventurer. And she's basically living on the antithesis of that. She's living on gloomy Dragonstone. Do you think Fair Isle was less gloomy than Dragonstone? Fair Isle sounds lovely. It's fair. It's the, you know, it sounds sunny. And sure, but that's all propaganda. Nice. That's just marketing. Like, they're both islands. <laughs> <laughs> they're probably... I'm going to see... I'm gonna have a in a similar coast. Are they like? I think the Dragonstone's obviously the crown lands. It's interesting because there is actually a Fair Isle in um, Scotland. Oh, is there as well? It's part of part of Shetland. And Fair Isle is on the what in the Lannister side, right on the on. um... You know, all of the nice jumpers or sweaters, as you would call them, (laughs) the the lovely knits. They are called Fair Isle, and that's because they come from 
the Fair Isle, which is in Shetland, is a special kind of knitting Mm. pattern. So Fair Isle, a song of ice and fire. I'm Googling it. I want to know. So it's on the Sunset Sea, which makes me think that it's lovely. And it's in the Westerlands. Yes, it's in the Westerlands, yeah. Which doesn't tell me whether it's like a nice... I wonder if there's any images of Fair Isle that anyone's trying to draw. It'd be really interesting to know what it's like. I just think of it as like a nice place. Either way, she's not living her best life right now. She doesn't have the freedom she's stuck. that she had on Pharaoh. She doesn't, she doesn't have, have that freedom. Money. No. Yeah. And she asks, she goes to Raina and says, can you, I want some money to build a ship. Yeah. Because I want, she wants to sail across the Sunset Sea. She wants to go west of Westeros. Yes. Which no one really has ever done. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a, you know, no one knows what is west. Um, and she wants to go and do it. She wants to sail the Sunset Sea and Raina is like, I could not bear for you to leave me. But Lady Alyssa heard only no. Which is pretty much what Raina said. Raina does not wish her to leave. Yeah, Yeah. essentially. But Raina doesn't understand that if you love something, you have to let it go. You have to let it flourish. You can't. Yeah. People aren't aren't houseplants that you can never just sit in a pot and they need to be repotted sometimes. We need to grow. Yeah. Do you think that if she had let, or maybe that's a spoiler. Uh, yeah, maybe talk about it in the... Mm, no, I'll leave that one. Talk about that in a spoiler yeah, section. We're there. But just, she doesn't let her go. She says, no. Mm. And it says, follows this with, with the hindsight of history to guide us, we can look back and see that all the portents were there. Ominous signs of difficult days ahead. But even the archmaesters of the conclave saw none of that as they reflected on the year about to end. Not one of them realised that the year ahead would be among the darkest in the long reign of Jaehaerys I Targaryen. A year so marked by death, division and disaster that the maesters and small folk alike would come to call it the year of the stranger. And for those of you who don't know what the stranger is, it is one of the seven gods of the faith of the seven and the stranger is often depicted as a hooded figure without a face it is to symbolize death and dastardly things uh it is often not included in songs yes uh because because people don't tend to want to worship the stranger because it is considered ill luck it's death and so yeah so we're basically what we're saying is is we're not headed towards good shit we are not for 54 ac that is a bad it's bad bad times yes uh i apologize to anyone who can hear my children whooping in the background because i can hear them (laughs) so i think the microphone is probably picking up it's bath time here in scotland so they are probably trashing the bathroom right now (laughs) spraying it with water that's okay it's adorable uh, because my partner is embrace it nowhere to be seen people by now now know that we're parents they will know that we have children and it's but it's always my kids it's never yours that's just because i always tend to record like we just we that's true minor at school that's just how it works out most of the time that's the case yeah but there you go that's it the ill portent we have been left with what is coming up next it's kind of like a to be continued mm-hmm. like soap opera it's like we something terrible is gonna come, bah, bah, bah. This way come and we've got all of that set up so you've got uh what's going on in dragonstone you've got all the tax situation rego Draz not very mm-hmm. being viewed very nicely it's 
there's a lot of stuff and of course the we, as we've mentioned the fact that the starry sept haven't necessarily blessed Jaharis and Alisan yep. so there's you know is there potentially still going to be trouble about their marriage yes, they are you ominously haven't sorted silent. that out mm. they are ominously silent things are funky everywhere yeah and of course you've got we've also been in the stormlands very briefly knowing that Alyssa's having a baby she's had her baby and so we need to keep all of this in mind before next episode yeah Alyssa had a baby and Alisanne's had a baby they're all lots of babies Alisanne's had two and one of them's died which is very sad had two yeah Alyssa's had one and you've got and and Ray is not very happy and Alyssa's not very happy <laughs> yeah and yeah. I won't say any more yeah. <laughs> and I think we should try not to talk about what's going to literally happen in this chapter even in this I think we'll obviously mention Summit in the spoiler section but we're not going to yeah I think that's a good idea deep save dive. it because we're going to talk about it again save soon. it so there's no point talking about it now and then talking about it again we don't want to regurgitate yeah exactly no that would be dull deadly dull deadly dull um, but that's where we'll leave it. We'll leave it there yes. for now. Perfect. Before we go off and do some spoilers. Yeah. So if you guys, uh, if you leave us here at the spoiler section, if you don't want to know what happens next, then thank you for listening so far, and we will see you next time. We will. Have a lovely, merry season and a happy new 24, new 2024. Mm, yes. Enjoy your Hogmanay. If you have a Hogmanay, or it's mainly a Scottish thing to have Hogmanay. Yeah, we don't have that. But have a love, whatever you celebrate, however you celebrate it. Have a wonderful time doing that. Have the best time. Yeah. And we love you very much. We do. And we'll see you in the new year. We will. Bye. Bye. All right. <laughs> Spoilers. Spoilers. Spoil- I've got so many friggin' Spoilers. I can't believe this was only ten pages, and and it's taken, and we've been here for nearly four hours. I know it's a big, <laughs> it's a big. I mean, there'll be a it's lot of editing so at least much. to cut it down. There'll be yeah breaks and stuff. I know, and but I was tempted. I was genuinely tempted to be like, oh, maybe we should do a bit more. And I was like, no, this is this, there's already so much to talk about. Yeah. Do you want to start with your spoilers? I really, uh, I actually wanted to talk about my only one. Unless you have any that are earlier. You might have some that are earlier chronologically in this chapter. I've got absolute shit tons. I'm absolutely shit tonned out of spoilers. The the Widow's Law is my big one. Yeah. And then I also thought we could talk more about your Baratheon theory. Those are my two things that I want to talk okay. about. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you decide where we start and then I can chime in. Okay. Okay. Um, so I start quite early on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I want to know what the hell happened to the women's courts. Like, we never hear of them again. Did they just die out with Alison? Did no, we hear about them again. We, oh, you mean after Alison's era? You mean, like, after yeah, she dies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. After Alison's era, once she's dead. Because uh, Cersei certainly doesn't hold women's cause. Yeah, I think she that, I think that the women. dance destroys all of that. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Do you think? But I do, you don't hear of it much. Truthfully, we're missing a big gap Even... in history still. We're missing Fire and Blood Part 2. Yeah. We're missing what happens after the dance and sort of the Blackfire Rebellion. But even before the dance, even between now, who's after Alice? No, you don't hear of like Queen Emma holding women's courts, do you? No. But it's so brief that we even see them. Like their, their reign is nowhere near the length that's of Alice's reign. No, that's And there's true, other things true. that they're dealing with. So no, I don't think that they do still hold them. But, um, mm. but I think once the dance happens, they're sort of... It gets really messy and murky, but then 
again, we're missing that big chunk of history between the dance and the start of the Game mm-hmm. of Thrones. True. It's just you don't hear it. Yeah, and you don't hear it in like Cersei doesn't talk about. Oh, Cersei would never. In fact, she's she is openly contemptive. Here's the thing with the woman's woman. court is I think you've kind of touched on it already, in that the Targaryens probably had a bit less misogyny, a bit more uh, equality within their marriages. And I think what happens mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. Westerosi culture, um, you know, the faith of the seven, all that sort of seeps in and that stuff doesn't happen. Yeah, so the queens maybe. don't, she is already, even though she is, mm-hmm. uh, we already, as we discussed at length in the episode, mm-hmm. relatively close to a quote unquote equal to Jaehaerys. Mm-hmm, she's not mm-hmm. with the, what, what, how many years before that? 50 years before? what Rhaenys and Visenya yeah. were to Aegon. So that's already a huge... Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. What's the word I'm looking for? But De-evolution? Gap. Gap in time. No, like yeah. how they've... But she's... Downward evolved. Evolve, evolving. Yeah, yeah. But like... Uh, de- devolved. De- Thank you. Re- devolved. Re- that's the word. There you go. <laughs> My brain. I know what you meant. Yeah. You didn't need to say it. I was like, I know what she means. Yeah. But... Oh, but the other thing is, Alisan is very highly regarded, even in the future... Like people think of her as good Queen Alison. Mm-hmm. Bran talks about her about going to Queen's Crown and the the way that the tower was painted in her honour and people think highly of Queen Alison and all she did and, and what she did for the say for the Night's Watch still continues in time. So it's just interesting that these things particularly fell out of favour, and you're probably right that it's probably to do with more misogyny of Westerosi society creeping in Mm -hmm. over time and pushing out the women's role in court. Yeah. Because you just, I just, you don't hear about it anymore, really. I wanted to see who they marry. Where's the church? Who who, who marries? Because I know that the dance ends with Rhaenyra's son, Dara? Aegon. Aegon III, yes. Aegon. On the throne. Egg on the third. Um, and he yep. marries a Valerion. That's kind of where it ends. Yes. He marries Daenerys Valerion. That's where this particular... But then he has a second wife. But I just wonder if when they start marrying into... We don't know a lot about them as a couple. Um, no. So I'm curious if the next ones marry Andal families instead of Targaryens or like mm. Valerian-blooded families. Mm. And if that, even just that step back influences them i'm looking at it now yeah they don't marry that much into andal families to be honest there's still a heck of a lot of inbreeding so after egon you have uh viserys who leaves no issue and i think after him is balor Balor the blessed balor balor the blessed he has no children children Uh, darion the first who also has no children darion the first no children he dies young he's the dragon he's the The young dragon dragon. king he dies young the young dragon that's it um who's after daron aegon the unlucky aegon so then it goes to viserys so aegon's brother viserys oh i'm confused i'm losing it yeah yeah but essentially i think what happens though is so Baylor, Baylor the Blessed dies. That's the son of Aegon the Unlucky. And then Darion the Young Dagon, young Dragon dies. He's also the son of Aegon the Unlucky. And then Viserys, so Aegon the Unlucky's brother, takes the throne. He's married to yeah, a Viserys. foreigner. He's married to a Rogar. Laura Rogar. Oh, yeah. Um, she's from Pentos, I think. And then they have yes. Aegon no. the Unlucky. 
Pentos or yeah. Lise? Lise. I think she's Lise or something. Lysini? Yeah, yeah, I think she's Lysini. Yeah. And then they know, have... I think. So that's the first big sort of outer marriage with children outside of Targaryens. Mm. And then Aegon marries his sister, but she's kind of meek Nerys. She's a meeker wife and obviously Nerys, has all yeah. kinds of affairs. And then they have mm-hmm. Darion the Good who marries a Martell. Yeah. Yeah. And then from there, I think they really start to marry out of the Targaryens and take over the, like, the Sept's way of doing things. They really do. Not hugely, because then you get, so, not massively, not in terms of kings. So you do get Darion the Good, who marries a Martell. Mm-hmm. Uh, his sister marries a Martell. Daenerys, his sister marries a Martell. Who's the Martell he marries? Mariah Martell. Mariah Martell, that's the one. Mm-hmm. And then, so their children are Baelor Breaksphere and Makar and all of those and Aenys. Yeah, so Baelor Breaksphere marries a Dondarian. Makar marries a But he doesn't have, he dies. But he dies and doesn't have any, he doesn't have any children. Yeah. So then, instead of him becoming king, doesn't Makar become king? Makar becomes king, but he's married to a Dane. He is married to a Dane. And then, after Makar, it's Aenys... Who doesn't have? Who's married to his sister, but doesn't? They don't have any children. And then it's Aegon the Fifth, Aegon the Unlikely. And so he doesn't. That, he also marries, marries a Blackwood. Yeah. So this is really he when they do start to outmarry. But that's what's interesting is after that point they marry. They back in again. So just Aegon's the fifth children. Oh right, yes, yes, they do. No, Aegon right. the Aegon right. the fifth children. Because Aegon's obsessed with dragons. Yeah, yeah. So they come back in. He, but he has children he betrothes them to each other all around the land no no he betrothes them to other people right. so to baratheons to high garden people to in fact elena tyrell yeah I think she wasn't a tyrell then though she was a... when she, she was a red wine yeah. though yeah. yeah but they all defy him and they cause a massive problem they, they all defy him and yeah uh marry each other yeah. and then jaharis his son, so Duncan the Small, marries abdicates because he marries Jenny of Oldstones. Yeah. And then so Jaehaerys, his second son, mm-hmm. marries his sister, mm-hmm. which he wasn't supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And then they make their children Ares and, and Rhaella marry. But that's because of a dream or a vision or something. So they make them, right? That's because yeah, of Maggie the Frog. Yeah, it's a wood witch. Right? No, yeah, 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 not yeah. Maggie the yeah. Frog. No, not Maggie the Frog. The, wo- the no, wood High Heart. The yeah, Ghost of High Heart. Ghost of High Heart, yes. yeah. Yeah, that's right. How do we get onto this? Are you trying to say that Andal culture has taken over and they're no longer into what they're not into? The women think? They're more, yeah, they're more misog- They're more into the patriarchy than Targaryen lore mm, is, and so mm. they start to, as they stay and rule longer, the more influenced they are by, by that, mm. and then the wives are equally mm-hmm. influenced by that. Yeah, because it's also once once they're not Targaryen wives, they're they're raised to be not vocal <laughs> as much. Yeah, right. That's true. Um, I would like some props, some recognition of the fact that I can pretty much, for word for word, re- re- roll out the Targaryen succession. line of succession <laughs> without without a visual prompt. Yeah. Can't do that for the kings of my own country necessarily, <laughs> but I can for the entire Targaryen dynasty. I can do it for most of your so country. I can do it for most of the Targaryen dynasty. I can do it some of it. I can do sections. Yeah. I can do like the Tudors and the Stuarts. I can do like the last century. Yeah. But I can do There's like gaps. 300 years yeah. of Targaryen kings yeah. and their brothers and sisters and who their wives were and where they were from. <laughs> 
round of applause I think babies (laughs) thank you thank you very much I feel like it's a very special skill uh to be able to do that yeah um anyway Anyway, yeah so that was my first question was what happened to the women's courts yeah my second point of spoilers is which is gets mentioned very early on is is Jaehaerys going off to Stoke Worth and Rosby and um the house Darklin wherever that is Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where do they live Duskendale. Darklin, where are they? Duskendale. And obviously we Duskendale gets fucked with. But I think, I do genuinely think, Stokeworth and Rosby are going to become really important in Winds and A Dream of Spring. I think they're going to just suddenly have these minor moments. Like, they're minor houses that no one cares about. And I just love, I just love seeing them there. Mm-hmm. Because they're always just sort of mentioned here and there. Like... George doesn't have to bang on about them that much. But he does. And Jaehaerys visits them. And things happen. And the st- how Stokeworth do this. And when we first start in A Game of Thrones, there's we're, we're told about this lady, Tanda Stokeworth, and she's just there in the background. And suddenly, coming to the fore, yeah. is how Stokeworth's uh, succession and the problem of that, because the actual heir to it gets killed by Bronn. Yeah. Who is marrying this the second daughter and named his named her bastard son Tyrion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which I fucking love. Just to shove it in Cersei's face. Yeah. And that is gonna become like obviously that's one of Cersei's kind of crimes is that she has forced this issue with House Stokeworth yeah. and, and and as a result killed the uh Lord of Stokeworth and given his wife to Kyburn to be tortured. Yeah. Leaving an enemy essentially on her doorstep. Like how Stokeworth are no longer gonna be working for her. No. So how's that gonna play out in Winds of Winter? She's not gonna have loyalty in the Crown Lands as well as in House Rosby, because as we as is mentioned in the in the epilogue of Dance of the Dragons, yep. there is a problem with the ward, the Rosby ward. Now we don't know who that is, and there are some really cool theories out there. New theories, yeah, Radio West Rosby. But they are theory. not. But that is also not someone who is uh, friend. We, we get the impression it's not a person who's friendly to the crown. Mm. I can't wait to talk about this stuff when we cover the main series. I can't wait to get there. But it's exciting, and every time I see Rosby and Stokeworth being these, you know, we are the people, and even in the Dance of the Dragons, uh, Stokeworth and Rosby only get involved because Otto Hightower imprisons and threatens to kill the lords of Stokeworth and Rosby, and so they have to fight for the crown. He forces them. So I just, I just think they're gonna, they're, they're gonna be interesting. I just wanna, I think they're these like minor houses. That you don't really think about that much, but are suddenly going to be like well, little think, tiny spanners in I the world. I think works. that we're meant to. And I love purposely that. Think of them; they pop up for a reason. Yeah. And I know, I know. Yeah. But I love it. I love the way it's done. It kind of makes me think of um, like the way that the Sopranos, the TV show that the Sopranos was, and and that was like the first time I'd seen TV done that way, where. Something small happened in one episode. Mm-hmm. And then six episodes later, it becomes like the most important thing. Yeah. And the whole thing revolves around it. And you're like, oh my God, that was so clever. And I'd never thought about that. Mm-hmm. And this 
the idea that we're just constantly made to remind ourselves seeds yeah these little seeds and i just think what please just watch out for stokeworth and rosby Mm -hmm. because we just kind of think of them as stupid annoying houses and lord rosby coughing Mm -hmm. away and it's sort of comical but then all of a sudden king's landing the main houses of the crown lands are no longer going to be loyal to the crown and there's not that many houses in the crown lands (laughs) it's a very small region and if most of your uh, vassals are not loyal to you are they going to welcome say other people coming who they might be more loyal to yeah so could be a fagon thing could be daenerys could Mm -hmm. be Who knows? Um, Who knows? Because obviously Bronn might like it if Tyrion comes back with Daenerys, for example. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who knows? And the other thing I just wanted to do was a spoilers shout-out. I know I've already mentioned House Ball, but they are a really interesting house. Rosamond Ball. Yes. Because her... A descendant of hers is Glendon Ball. Yes. Yeah. The Fireball, which is really interesting. And, of course, Glendon Flowers who believes that he is Glendon Ball's bastard bastard son. But they're just really interesting characters that they just pop up, and I love it. I just loved a bit of, like, who's House Ball? Oh, yeah, Glendon Ball, Mm -hmm. who is fiercely loyal to his king. Yeah, yeah, the loyalty. Just like she was fiercely loyal to her queen, like serious loyalty. Um, It is interesting, too, to see a first men house. um, Mm. I think it's, I don't know, I was thinking about the fact that they were facing... Septa's essentially attacking her and then mm, it was a first mm, man house mm-hmm. that gave their life for her because obviously it's like I don't really yeah. care about the face bullshit this is just a good person nope my other thing was Jonquil equals Brienne yeah we've mentioned that before yeah, but just just to remind us a bit of the love of Brienne yeah the colored armor um and sort of being a female protector of another so here's woman. what I thought was interesting though I do have that written the um Jonquil is supposedly maybe the founder of House Dark. Does that imply that mm-hmm. Jonquil went and had children? Possibly. She's not taken vows like a Kingsguard. Yeah. It doesn't mention But that. I don't know. I don't recall what happens to her. And we should know. We've seen We've seen the end no. of all the other lives. I've looked up House Dark and there is nothing. It's very... Shall I say it goes dark? It goes dark. Does Jonquil go dark? <laughs> bum, bum, bum. The, I don't know. It just doesn't say very much. Other than that, she's the founder of House Dark. And I don't know if very much of House Dark comes up in the future. So, not sure. House Dark. Interesting. Yeah, it's just a house. The last the thing lands. that's mentioned about her, her, maybe her last mention on page, is that mm. she makes sure that um, Sarah Targaryen sees her father, sees uh, Jaehaerys kill her friend with Blackfire. Yeah. Yeah, that does, that does come up as well. That's icky. That's sad. Oh, and the Darks are sided with the Blacks in the Dance of the Dragons. So, yeah. so Harold Dark was killed at Dragonstone in defence of Queen Rhaena. Sorry, Rhaenyra. Mm-hmm. And they do pop up a little bit. A servant with a liver-coloured birthmark, Cisbrian of Tarth. Does she outlive Alisan? Like, what happens, right? We don't know. It doesn't say. Mm-hmm. It's just very little. It sort of dies away. Which is a bit of a shame, really. It is. Another woman lost to history. The pages of history. And this is where I would get... In my timeline of things, I got onto Rogar and the baby. And my... De- belief mm-hmm. and not just mine but joe magician's belief that the baratheons are have a there's a desperation to be more legitimized as part of the royal family um and a resentment that leads 
in the Dance of the Dragons, as per Joe Magician's theory, to the death of Lucerus Velaryon. And I agree with him because they are the bastard brother family of the Targaryens, Mm -hmm. but they're not treated anywhere near equally as Targaryens. They're not dragon riders. And maybe Oris didn't mind... Because Oris was handed the king. Oris was best mate, Bezzy mates. For a time, yeah. And then he, he gave up being handed the king because he lost his hand and he was, you know, yeah, going through his own yeah. shit. So, But obviously but he I... just didn't see the honors in the same way. I don't know. Here's here's just something I want to... You said that you wanted to try and change my mind on it. But something in this chapter okay, almost doubles, doubles down on it for me. Yeah. Um, he was said to be a mongrel, an assertion he could not deny for all Pentoshi were part Andal and part Valerian, mixed with the stock of slaves and older peoples long forgotten. So he, who is villainized in this chapter, is also part Valerian, in a way. Dragon Rider blood can probably link back to, to that time. We don't know if he's got Dragon Rider blood. Some Valerians weren't Dragon True, Riders. we don't know for sure that Ori's Baratheon did either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm just so they're equating him to a mongrel, even though he's part, part, you know, dragon or Valerian, which is you know noble blood. Yeah. Then it's hard to look at the Baratheons and think that, you know, they should feel. But the difference is the difference is is that uh, being from Pentos, he is therefore more foreign. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's the yes, same thing. Like they sure. say about Daenerys coming over, that she is a foreign queen with yes, a foreign army, never, yeah. even though she was born on Dragonstone, yeah. and you know, and lives a fairly Westerosi culture. You know, she has a knight, an anointed Andal knight, by her side, and has uh, what's his name, Barristan Selmy, by her side as well. Barristan Selmy's a big name to have at your side. Oh, I know, I know. I can't believe they killed him off in the show. Stannis and Renly are both mad that he doesn't come to them, right? Like, he's a big name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He yeah. legitimizes anyone he stands beside. I think Rhaegar Draz gets more shit because he was born in a different place, born a different continent. So yeah, but what I mean is, It doesn't is matter like, how... So, but all, it doesn't really... That, that is a major issue, and he does get absolutely positively othered, mm. despite the fact that he also yeah. comes from Valerian stock. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's... But he's got a foreign accent it's probably got different color skin and the andals even though the the westerosi are andals they have conveniently forgotten as most people do that they too came from essos i know (laughs) and it's the same thing it's like people who claim well i'm originally from here like i i'm the original white people Mm -hmm. like but you have you came from somewhere else yeah like yeah you, but it's even like retconning. Ancestors a lot of people have retconned probably because of Hitler and his Aryan race thing. But um, they've retconned uh, Scandinavian roots, and they sort of have the implication that they were all the purest of white people when when they mm-hmm, weren't, and mm-hmm, they didn't care mm-hmm. about that, and they had slaves and and you know obviously traveled and interbred mm-hmm. with all kinds of different races. So it's it's mm-hmm, retconning, mm-hmm. right? Happens in our world. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I still I still totally believe that the Baratheons, there is pride and resentment there that they are not, like the Targaryens should be marrying to into them just as much as they do in themselves and Valarians. Like that the Baratheons should be 
in with the royal family constantly. There should be more Baratheoniness because they are treated similarly to the Valerians, right? Yeah, I think yeah. that's what you're trying sort of saying. And so my my just my counter argument is I don't think that's a Baratheon thing. I think that's a Rogar thing that maybe does pass down after that. But you see, it gets and yeah, but uh, yeah, but I'm just saying it becomes a Baratheon thing. And I think it, Rogar obviously got it from somewhere. And I think it comes, it goes down and you see it passed down to the point where when uh, Lucerus goes to treat with the Bar- House Baratheon, mm-hmm. Boros Baratheon basically just is like, why would I, even though his, even though his aunt is Rainey's, mm-hmm. so they've got kin and they, sh- he should be. Mm-hmm. But he, I think, and if you watch this video, it explains it really well that the resentment has come down because Viserys is a stay-at-home king, unlike Jaehaerys. So this is where you see where royal progresses work really well. Mm-hmm. Viserys did not do that. He stays a lot in King's Landing. He yeah. doesn't go around very much. And he doesn't teach Rhaenyra to go and do that either. She stays a lot in King's Landing. And if she's not in King's Landing, she moves to Dragonstone. They're not going out doing stuff they also Viserys has a marriage crisis he needs to marry someone and he could have married a Valarian uh, i.e. Lena Valarian mm-hmm. but he doesn't go she to one of the Baratheon because there's loads of storm princesses or whatever they're called the Baratheon daughters that Boros has sorry mm-hmm. not Boros whatever you know Boromond or whoever it is Boromund, has loads of one that Aemond Aemond betrothed himself to one of them. Yeah. There's like nine of them in the room or Doesn't something. Doesn't end up going anywhere. And he takes yeah, his pick. Yeah. Hey, Viserys could have gone to another of the Baratheons and said, "I'll have one of your daughters, please." But he doesn't. He snubs the Baratheons completely, and then the um and this is show only. But were but they the, even offered? But it doesn't necessarily mean offering. He could have said like, "You've got." You've got daughters. I need to marry your Valyrian. I'm he Valyrian. wasn't really looking he anywhere. He he ended up. No, he mid- wasn't. But I'm just saying, if you're prideful and obsessed with being equal to the royal family, you are going to be maybe feeling snubbed that the king. Didn't I think the bigger issue when it came to that um, Aemond and uh, Lucerys' issue is that Lucerys was was pretending to be his kin, but he's not really okay so there is that there is that but what i'm saying is so the the other thing that happens and it's illustrated in the show so we don't know if it really was like that but rhaenyra goes on her tour to find um suitors Mm -hmm. and she behaves very badly in the baratheon house yeah very very poorly she snubs everybody she walks out she ends her tour and it she's not particularly i don't think viserys has done a very good job teaching her how to rule he's he's declared that she's the heir but also he's got kind of one foot out the door as well mentally speaking mm-hmm. and and they do say explicitly like in the show like he's like i i kind of did disregard you for a bit but no really you are my heir now and now you need to go get married and make your babies and mm-hmm. secure mm-hmm. your line and yeah. secure your succession so I think because he's kind of had one foot out the door on that, he's not taught her how how to treat people. She and she and it says even in the book her character is not the most diplomatic, and she can be you know difficult. That's later to though. People. She's the realm's delight when she's no even early. No, she's not. 
But she was also like, if you think about how she was on the show with Lady What's Her Face, Lady Redwine, she was really rude on those hunting things, and she was like, "What are you doing for the crown? Just eating cake?" Yeah, I, it's hard uh, for me to look at the show to, to confirm a book theory, though. Like if we're no. talking about the book theory, it's I know, hard for true. Me to do that. But it does mention it does mention that she's like that. But either way, she doesn't behave very well in the Baratheon house, and I think they have been snubbed and snubbed and snubbed in their mind, and then Lucerys this not even actual kin, kin, like pretending that he's actually uh, a Baratheon. He's not got any Baratheon blood. He's clearly a house strong person saying, I am your kin, come to me and back the blacks is like the ultimate. Boris is like, no, she couldn't even come to me herself and ask. And there's no marriage offer. There's no nothing. There's no alliance. And I think the... I think that is where, why he's very happy to essentially not go with the the blacks and go with the greens. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's a really pivotal moment for House Baratheon for sure. But I, I feel like the entitlement in this case comes from Rogar and the fact that he did so much for Jaehaerys. And mm. is feeling snubbed and disrespected through the acts of what Jaehaerys did. I don't think that it has to do with with the history of House Baratheon at this point. It might be something that he inserts in there, into mm. his personality, and then you know transfers onto his heirs. But I don't feel like it. He didn't do that much for Jaehaerys. He literally just hid him in his house. But that's still, not, he like still he still risks the wrath of Magor. Mm, yeah yeah i don't yeah, know maybe it's not nothing i think I still it's don't big think it's he also much. like you it's know he did nothing, rule his hand and he felt much. like he was owed something and so anyway whatever i just mm-hmm. i feel like that's a rogar thing and not a house baratheon thing up until this mm. point it is possible that rogar sort of in, inserts this stuff into the thought mm. process or the feelings of his heirs or his but we don't know very we don't know very much about the baratheons who come before rogar so we have Oris, and then it's kind of a blank space, and then it's Rogar. So we don't know, yeah, really, like we, who, what, what the other Baratheons. other Baratheons in there. One or two, I thought. Maybe briefly, but we, it's not like we just we don't meet them as much as we meet Oris. No, no, Rogar. yeah, They're or Rogar is the one that we meet of the most story. at first. But I definitely don't feel yeah. like Oris feels that way. But again, mm. I actually think if anything, the pride, the pride and stuff comes from that idea of wanting to shed the bastardy. I'm ju- I'm not just a bastard house, and they are. I don't if think you it look is, at a lot think, of the other houses in Westeros, there's you know that they like, mm. probably watched Titanic. That idea, of, like new money versus any British. I mean, this is huge there. Yeah, yeah, Aristocracy yeah. versus <laughs> yes. versus like you know just a white you know upper collar white class people or working class people who white collar people is what I was thinking of who have earned money versus old money. And I think a lot of the mm-hmm. lords or or he feels a lot of the lords see him as new money. And not aristocracy. So I wonder if that's part Maybe. of it too. It's just classism built Maybe. into the way he feels. It could be classism, but I think this. But that makes it all the worse because he's like, but I'm fucking related to the the Targaryens. I'm actually part of the royal family, and I just I feel like that's an impression that we're inferring onto them because it's never said anywhere. So it's like our no, it's not. But I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm a skeptic, Steph. I'm I think a skeptic. <laughs> I'm not a skeptic and I, I agreed and then when I saw Joe Magician's video on this so go watch I'm going to send it to you and I'm going to make you watch it um, <laughs> I, I to me I was like yes this makes a lot of sense so and I've often wondered if Rogar is so pushy about you have to marry my brother or have to you have to I've got a brother marry this person 
like literally pawning his brother onto any Targaryen, mm-hmm. any female Targaryen there is, I think is part because, not just because he's like up jumped, but also wants to push his family back to where it should be, that there is a longing to be part of the royal family, which he believes he is part of. Let us know what you think, listeners. Let us know what you think. Is yeah. that, uh, yeah, Do curious. you agree? Don't you agree? Yeah. I like that we don't always agree, though. I like that we... I know, but then I get annoyed. I'm like, why can't she just see that I'm right? <laughs> and I'm like, why can't she just see that, that she's not right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We're going to have to fight this out in a cage with jelly or something, aren't we? Oh, no, wait. That's just what guys think we do. So. You already got a broken elbow. Yeah. I told you that I'm a fight. I'm a, I can I jump do. in and do that fight. Oh, God, yeah, no, I won't if it's, it's it. funny. If it's emotional, I'm a flight. I run for it. But if it's, like, physical, I am... Oh, really? <laughs> Oh, man. I'm the opposite, I think. <laughs> anyway, the next thing I had notes of, it doesn't necessarily need to be talked about much, but it's just, I got excited about the dragon eggs hatching. Yeah, I have that note too. Shows us a bit about the likelihood of Danny's eggs being the ones that Alyssa stole. Yeah, oh yeah. For sure they are. We'll talk, yeah. I feel like we'll talk about that in the actual episode when we cover it, but for sure yeah, they, are yeah. the, they are those. But eggs. it's just really interesting that you can't just hatch an egg anyway. I know. I think that's interesting too because of course we have Daenerys who hatches eggs in based Othrak or wherever, wherever she is. Not that tough. Where is she? She's she not in the Red Waste or by that point. No, she no. travels to the Red Waste. Oh no, I think she might be in Vase Dothrak. Yeah, right? Then, she's yeah. Right. Anyway, so that's interesting. But obviously she's been keeping them on a brazier for a long time. Yeah. So I just there has wonder been if heat. hers was like, she had all the, all of the, all the other factors that she needed to hatch them. Mm-hmm. Like hers was magic. She did, hers but obviously different. they didn't. But what I was going to say was, was there's definitely. the magic. Tim, I wondered, because it makes me think of Storm's End and Melisandre, you know, can't go into Storm's End and, and have the shadow baby mm-hmm. birth because of magic spells. Oh, then you have yeah. the wall where Alicent can't mm-hmm. fly over the wall with the dragon, um, you know, mm-hmm. because of possible magic in the wall. So maybe there is some magic within Dragonstone itself Dragonstone. that helps to, um, you know, hatch or is helpful to hatching eggs because we don't know we assume that there is some magic or blood magic mm. in um valeria mm. itself so it made me wonder if dragonstone well, also, also doesn't dragonstone have loads of obsidian in it, it as does, well yeah. which is fire you know fire made fr- frozen fire mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i call it so we've got oh it's just exciting i just want to know what the bloody answers are george can you just give us but he won't because he doesn't want to give a scientific works. answer to magic no no, but also he just finished thing. the books and then we'll know more. Yeah. <laughs> He'll give us, he just wanted to finish the fucking books. Yeah. I know that you're getting to it, George, but yeah. could you just get to it faster? Yeah. And then my next thing um, is the treasury and Rago Draz. And it, I think it's really good that George keeps this in, even in Fire and Blood, because these sections about money and the crown is what helps uh, and reminds us that money is vital for the realm to work. Yes. And and that we cannot forget how important it is. And then it makes us think about Littlefinger mm-hmm. and what he does. Yeah. And Tycho Nestoris. Yeah. And the whole Cersei, I'm not going to pay back the Iron Bank, mm-hmm. becomes suddenly, in the end, when Tycho Nestoris turns up in dance... The deck collector. Like, what? <laughs> no, I love it. Yeah. And you're like, this is... A, and you're like, oh, why is he in this? Yeah, and obviously deck. he's been turning up... He's been travelling through Westeros calling in debts because you there's like these three ships that people see yeah. 
that are clearly from yeah. uh, from Bravos. Mm-hmm. So, and then suddenly there's this guy who's going to fund a whole other king, and you're like, oh my god, you'd never forget about the money, man. Yeah, <laughs> like no. always follow the money. No. Follow the money, guys, because this is vital. Yes. And although it kind of seems like, why are we talking about tax quite so much? Uh, it's also just instrumental podcast, to building it's... foundations of new new civilizations, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like once you when you are mm-hmm. working on debt and money mm-hmm. and infrastructure yeah. and everything else. That's that is. I mean, mm-hmm. I obviously have done an insane amount of early medieval history lately mm-hmm. and that's just every single culture has those notes and notations so i mm-hmm. also think it's george mm-hmm. just nodding in general at the way history is done right but yeah yeah follow yeah. the money the money matters follow the money and of course um like on that vein you're looking at Littlefinger. i i have listened <laughs> do you know what i've listened to the radio westeros episodes on Littlefinger. They do like a whole one where they just yeah. talk about his like Yeah, it's economics. two parts, I think, isn't it? And I'm still just like, what? Because he's borrowing money against this person, paying off that person's debts yeah. and something about the antlermen and blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah. Like, he he lets Joffrey like, throw the antlermen when those are people yeah. who actually he owes money to. Yeah. 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 And then the... Oh, no, they owe money to the crown, so they can't pay it off. So there's... That's why... Tyrion is looking at it going, these guys bought their titles but didn't quite pay for them and they owe money to the crown. I'm sure, I don't know, I could actually be 100% wrong about that. I'm pretty sure it's that he, <laughs> Littlefinger, borrowed money from like, them what? and he couldn't afford to pay them back so he let Joffrey mm. catapult them, them at Stannis <laughs> in the Blackwater. I don't know. I think it's the other way around and he's just creating bloody chaos again because then there's no one to pay off their debts to the crown. No, because Littlefinger is just more about what's lucrative to him. I don't know. I'd have to reread. We can talk about it. But he's also um, he's also a master of chaos. Yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, but I'm just like, yes, yes, Littlefinger. What are you up to? You still don't get <laughs> I it. Know. And of course, like I still don't understand the plot hole of like why Tyrion never mentions to Tywin that Littlefinger lied about the the uh, cat's paw dagger, right? Mm-hmm. But also Tyrion then becomes master of coin and is looking at Littlefinger's books yeah and at no point is he's like this guy not only has he lied and tried to get me killed mm-hmm. but he's like clearly fucking with the realm surely he needs to get someone to arrest Littlefinger just looking at the way that Littlefinger's keeping the books yeah do you know what I mean like the clues are all there Tyrion I know I know you know my biggest thing is I I always want to know a motive I need a motive and Vars's mm-hmm. motive at this point is is clearer, but Littlefinger's is just not, and it's dry, it drives me insane. It's why I need wins. <laughs> it's because I just need to know Littlefinger's motive. <laughs> That's a good shout out. Good conversation yeah. for our uh, our Queen's Guard, uh, Crispy, the Song of Ice, because he he adores Littlefinger, and Crispy and I have that in common because I really do yeah. actually. I, he's not a character that I like in terms of like, oh, this guy is so morally just. He's wonderful and fulfilling to watch. He's not. He's terrible, but I love that he's terrible. He's he's intriguing to me because he's terrible, and I really want to know what his motives are. Yeah, same. Yeah, but I think his motives are just fuck up the place and try and. But to what end? Try and get to get on top of the mess, make everything a pile of mess, and stand upon it. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. That's I don't know fine. what it is. I, I honestly don't know. 
know. I'm not even sure George knows. <laughs> I think George knows. I think George is like... He knows. Really? Yeah. I think George is like, ah, he's just going to fuck shit up. Uh, other little things that have popped to my mind um, are... Araya reminds me of Shireen on Dragonstone. Her loneliness. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And sort of like being a child without any... She doesn't have any children to play with, so she plays with Pat. Shireen finds her own joy in Aria, just doesn't have that. Yeah. But also, doesn't Maester, what's his face? Crescent. Maester Crescent say that she is like the saddest child he's ever seen. Maybe. I'm pretty sure at the start of Clash of Kings. I mean, he definitely says it about Stannis, but I'm <laughs> pretty sure he talks about when she comes to ask about, can I see the... The White Raven. Not the pigeon. Yeah. What the fuck are they called? The Yeah. The white raven. The pigeon. The pigeon. Can I see the pretty the pigeon? <laughs> yeah, when she wants to see the white raven, he's like, she's just really serious and sad. And that just breaks my heart for I her. Know. And I, I sort of think of when I was reading about Araya, I was thinking about Shireen and just being the only young child kind in of stuck in the gloomy like place in Dragonstone. Yeah. And she has like, just Shireen has horrible dreams that dragons are going to eat her. Yeah, and I think it's interesting. I, and again, like I, I think that there probably is some type of magic in Dragonstone, but I do wonder if part mm-hmm. of it is like in terms of Shireen and Stannis and them having Dragonstone. Like you're not Targaryen. You don't have. I know that they're mm-hmm. Baratheons and that, no. but it's quite. It's not even all that distant for Stannis and them. But I just wonder if it's like you, this is not no. your place and you're not meant no. to be here, no. and so this will never feel like home to you. Mm. I don't know. But I wonder no, if that's kind I of agree. what Alyssa feels at Dragonstone. Probably. Yeah. It's not home it's to not her. Home to her. It, and people do moan that Dragonstone is this gloomy place. Yeah, smells, but the Targaryens love it's it. It's not a nice... So, like, Raina the Targaryens fucking love it, it. Right? She wanted that yeah. place. So, yeah. 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 Anyway. But that's why I think it's like Targaryen-ness. It's like, kind of like, when you when you come from like a shitty place, mm-hmm. and you're like, I know this place is shit, but at least it's... It's where I grew up. Yeah. You know, yeah. it might be a shithole, yeah. but it's my shithole. Yes. And I think that's probably how the Targaryens view Dragonstone, where everyone else comes to it and they're like, you guys can smell that, right? Yeah. You can smell <laughs> the eggy. But it's like nostalgia the for them, where for yeah. anyone else, they'd be like, that smells like food. Yeah. And they're like, and you've noticed it's really like damp here and cold, right? You've, yeah. We're all aware. We're all feeling that. Yeah. But they love it. They fucking they love that shit. I do love that shit. And then the last one, which is what I've just noticed now, and we've probably both got the same note, is the widow's law and how Tywin Lannister flouts that law, breaks that law, and gets rid of his dad's new wife. And he does. I actually have it in terms of the dance, though. Oh, do you? Kind of preclude. Kind of sets up the dance, right? The widow's law, reaffirming the right of the eldest son or (gasps) eldest daughter where there is no son to inherit, but requiring said heirs Mm. to maintain surviving widows in the same condition. That's not an issue. Um, But a a lord's... Anyway, it's more about the children. Although, Rhaenyra doesn't Rhaenyra put Alison Alison, Alison in a, a pleasure house? No, but that's later. That's, that's only because said. of what she does. What the, no, the I know. war does. I know, yeah. but I'm still saying she's still technically with the law supposed she to. She does, let but her she also the there. eldest son or survivor, or eldest daughter where there is no son. So she should still supersede Aegon because she's the eldest daughter of the first marriage. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, and she should because bloody Viserys said, said so. so. He just fucking said swore, so. Swore she's oath. just the heir. Yeah, you rat bastards. Yeah. 
you're mad yeah. at it. And that's true. You can say rat bastards. It's fine. You're mad. It's fucking fine. <laughs> but yes, Tywin does do that too. too uh, but she's his mistress, not his wife. Oh, she's mistress. I thought they got married. No, I don't think so. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. But that's something we can definitely keep in mind for as we cover the series is that widow's law. But again, like after Jahari's like laws change and evolve and do they mm. do they continue to be mm. maintained the same way? No, mm-hmm. they don't. And they've even broke I mean, Viserys 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 is the next king after Jaharis. Mm-hmm. And it's like doesn't even really last more than a generation yeah. for the kings to honour their own laws. Yeah. And anyway, as Otto, as Otto says, I mean, he puts it pretty well. Errors were made after yeah. Viserys, <laughs> after Viserys' death. Errors were made that you know. I almost quoted uh, Jorah Mormont in one of my essays. <laughs> oh, did you? Where he says the <laughs> Wait, small what? folk pray for rain and da da da. They don't care who seats. Who, oh yeah, what, yeah. They don't care about who's whoever's sitting on the iron. It's one of my favorite quotes. It is one of the. It is the it's best quote for the book quotes. because it supersedes fantasy. It is just true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also just fucking true. Like you're just like all. Who really actually cares about any of this? Almost absolutely no one. Only the people who it affects, aka the lords and ladies. Yeah, the high lords play their game of thrones, and the small folk don't give a shit. They're just, They're just like, just whatever. Just give. Just can I just have a good summer? And yeah, good I want harvest. a good harvest. I want you know enough rain yeah. to keep my stuff. I want you know enough sun yeah. to let it thrive. I want to have a store to get through the yeah. next stuff. They're so day to day, anyway. And that's it's kind of like life now. Yes. Us peasants here, <laughs> we're all we're all peasants in the UK. And when you've got in the main series, when Tywin, I get so angry at Tywin for burning the crops of the people in the Riverlands. Like he is committing mass murder is. by doing that because people are not going to survive the winter because of him. People will not have enough harvest because he's decided that for some reason, like that is a war crime. That is a fucking war crime. They've done nothing. You are just killing ordinary people who just are like, I don't even know who you are. They're just faceless people being made to fight for lords and lick spittle to lords. It's awful. It's it's, it's historically accurate, right? Burning was warfare and it was insane Mm -hmm. because these cultures would have just gone through their own famine and then they Mm -hmm. would walk in because Mm -hmm. they were starving Mm -hmm. from their famine to take from the, the, you know, the crown chip beside them and then burn their fields. It's like, what? Mm -hmm. You just went Mm -hmm. through this. Why are you doing this? Yeah, I know. Awful. It's mad. And it's what you see the consequences of it in uh, Essos in Slaver's Bay because Daenerys can't grow crops because her and her ancestors went to geese in the wars of geese and salted mm-hmm. the earth so much that nothing still grows there yeah. hundreds and hundreds Dragons of years later. No seeds. And yeah. so she's dealing with the consequences of warfare. Yes. And she can't grow crops for her people and her people are going to die because her ancestors fucked over these did people. that. Yeah. Fucked over these people and it's and it's still affecting her. And it just the whole thing just really pisses me off and I angry and i think i just think everyone should read this book everyone should read as long as i some fire and be outraged at the like look at it and go god isn't it silly that they're all fighting over this throne you're like yes it is isn't it 
And all these other people are suffering as a result yes. of the wars. All the people who and died no because cares. Magor and no one cares. wanted to burn. And no one cares. Yeah. No one this gives a shit. It's just what it is. It's just it's is the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So on that lovely, happy yeah. note. Merry Christmas. Fuck off, goodbye. <laughs> Me- Merry happy fucking holidays. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything's the worst. Good night. <laughs> so. Oh, well yep. done. All right. We should. Yeah, we should, I know. I was gonna say we should sing off a little song to like close the episode, but I don't want to assume everyone that listens to us celebrates Christmas because that's horrendous, and I barely celebrate no, it for anything true. religious, so I don't want to do that. No, exactly. Um, I don't celebrate it for anything religious. Yeah. I celebrate it because there's food and presents. Yes, and twinkly lights. Yeah, it's that's yeah. It. The twinkly lights and the food are really what does it for me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. But not the presents because you have to know what's in them. Yeah, it's bad. Presents are a bad thing for me. But now I've like l- yeah, I I'm lord presents giving, over my kids them. instead. So <laughs> I love giving presents. I love it so. I love much. giving presents. I I, and I love. Like, I like nice. getting presents too. I do. I just. I don't need Christmas. Doesn't need to be about that. I the food and the family. And, no, no. And the pretty lights. No, I'm not that big on the consumerism. In fact, the cons- I've I've had many a rant recently about the mad consumerism yes. of Christmas yeah. recently. Exactly. I think I think my partner might be quite sick of me talking about it. <laughs> so I'll talk about it on here. On here, or just <laughs> call me and be like, it. I need to rant about consumerism. <laughs> I'm going to call that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But it's 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 the holiday it's a festival season, so whether you celebrate it or not, I hope you're having if it's Yuletide, pagan Yuletide, or nothing, or Hanukkah, because we like our menorah, I like menorah at home mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So you might be celebrating Hanukkah and eating some donuts right now, maybe, don't know, lovely, and latkes, or, mm. or you're just doing nothing, or you eat Chinese food on Christmas Day. Yeah. Uh, enjoy, enjoy that, enjoy, enjoy that. the new year, moving into 2024. If you celebrate nothing, then hopefully we could at least bring a, we could bring a smile to your face during, you know, a season where there's mm-hmm. not enough vitamin D. <laughs> coming at you no exactly <laughs> and and everything's the worst and everything's depressing yes. Yes. <laughs> hopefully we can lighten up your life hopefully we can lighten it up because i don't know about where it is i think you guys get dark really early there don't you we get dark oh yeah we get dark was, early dark here but also 3:30. canada just gets ontario especially gets really dreary this time of year it's so dark mm-hmm. and it, like yes. just the sun doesn't come out for like days weeks at a time so it can yeah. get a little bit we get we do get really lovely clear days. We had one today. We get but some for the last yeah. three days. It's been gr- dark grey. Mm-hmm. There's been no sunshine. Yes, and it's getting better. I think it's going to be quite nice over the actual Christmas period, over the festival. We're supposed period, to have high ten um, this weekend. Yeah, same. Wow. Weird, crazy. But yeah, it is dark. It is the sun doesn't come up till nearly nine o'clock, wow. and then it do, it goes down at. About three thirty. Oh my gosh! Wow! Um, wow! 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 I'd be picking out my kids yeah. from school in the dark. It's crazy. Yeah, it is weird. My my eldest summer, he um, walks back in the dark. Wow. It's really weird. That's I don't crazy. like it. No, I don't like it. I but do I always feel better because it's the days are going to be getting longer in a, in about a week. They're going to start getting longer. Oh, so. that's good. Yay! Yay! Good. Yeah. Okay. Love that. Do you want to sign off with anything? No, just thanks for listening and. And hopefully we could bring you some joy this season. And we look forward to doing the next 10 page of this chapter. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It may only be like three. There's so much. much. (laughs) And it will still be a really long one. Like we've been on, we've been on this call for so many hours. I know. We've been on. And we've only done 10 pages. We've been on this call for five five hours. hours, I mean, you'll cut it. There's a lot to cut, I think. But we've been on the call for five hours. I will, but still. Yeah, almost. (laughs) 
Yeah. So we get to yeah. gabbing and that's it. this chapter, mate. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. Well, that's it from me. I want to wish everyone a really wonderful 2024. Hopefully it'll be good for you and yours. Yes. Vine kin. What do they say? What's the, there's a Scottish thing, isn't it? Old Lang Syne. Old Lang Syne. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's a lovely song. It is. I won't sing it, I won't bore people. No, but we can just say, but it's got what a is it? Sentiment. May old acquaintance be forgotten and never brought to mind. Oh, why can't I? I literally sing this all the time. I'm singing it in my choir as well. <laughs> For all acquaintance be forgotten. Maybe I have to sing it. Never brought to mind. Should old acquaintance be forgotten for the sake of old Lang Syne? Yeah. There you go. I can do it if I'm singing it. There you go. <laughs> sing it without me and cut mine out because mine's bad and sing it. For old Lang Syne. We'll tack a cup of wine, my dear, for old Lang Syne. It's all basically, we're not going to forget each other. We'll have a cup, a glass of wine, and for old time's sake. It's all about friendship. Beautiful. I love it. Cool. That's it then. That's it then. We'll say goodbye and we'll see you all anon. Yes, we will. Bye. Bye.